Welcome. This is the Illinois Valley Alternative Podcast. This is an IV Pod production. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Reddit, and Twitter. We have a mail, well, email at mail at ivypod.com. And hey, we appreciate your five-star reviews on iTunes. Let's begin. Episode 88 of the Illinois Valley Alternative Podcast. Five-star review. Well, like welcome <laughs> to the show, everybody. Hi, Clayton. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Doug. Hello. How's it going? Fantastic. Jump I'm right excited to be here. Sorry. I'm sorry, Clayton. <laughs> We're excited. We have a guest. I'm excited. Yeah, we got a guest. We have in the house, long time coming, lawyer Doug. Doug Kramarsik. That's right. I'm excited to be here. I'm a, a longtime fan of the show and former sponsor of the show. That's right. As well. That's right. That's how so you can until, get in. Until you guys blew up and I can't afford the sponsorship anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it happens. We've got these companies like Starve Rock Coffee now. <laughs> right. I forgot. I was going to say them at the beginning of the show. Darn it. You right, could do the right. spot now, man. Yeah, right here. This is every time I'm talking talk. about them. Yeah. Have you had their coffee? I, actually, I'm not. I don't drink coffee at all. I don't. Drink, really? Yeah, Never. You just. You're just. Um, I have. I just don't. I don't. Not, it's not my thing. Yeah, my no. wife doesn't. I bought. I purchased that coffee before. Yeah. Um, and she seems to. Enjoy does she it, grind so. her own, or does she buy it already? Um, we've bought the the uh, the full beans before on accident. You're just not paying attention. And yep. We have a grinder, but it's just we'd rather purchase it. Okay. Already ground. Well, it's all right. Since you brought it up, be extraordinary. Never go, never go back to Ordinary Coffee again. Starve Rock Coffee Company. We'll keep this one short. We'll do another one a little later in the show. They believe extra, extraordinary day can start with an exceptional cup of coffee. A cup of coffee that can f- make you feel good about... I totally messed it up. You know what? Try their coffee. Yeah. Starve Rock Coffee. It's awesome. StarveRockCoffeeCompany.com. You know, I'm a big fan of the Colombian. Mm, me too. I've been wanting to try some new stuff. So uh, you can get it all over the place. We'll talk a little bit more about them in the show. But, you know, Starve Rock Coffee Company, thank you so much for sponsoring the show once again. And, yeah, that's, that's, let's, let's get this going, you know. Doug, thanks for coming on the show today. Yeah, you've been a longtime contributor, friend of the show. We've referenced you I don't know how many times yeah. in the show. Many, many run episode run where he's... They get getting our good graces. You get. I mean, we'll talk about you never ending. I mean, we had Eye Candy was one of our first sponsors, and she got a good fifty episode run out of that. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> and she yeah. changed her company's name, and it was like, yeah. But <laughs> it's just kind of funny how that works. Yeah, she was a sponsor, or I believe it was a she. The Eye Candy yeah. was a sponsor yeah. when I was right. uh, when you guys were Mrs. really when pumping Mrs. them Phelps out. Now, right? Yes, yeah. we were actually doing it fairly consistently back then, but. Hey, we're we're back on a schedule now. It's all right. We got a thing going. I'm glad you're back, and I'm I'm excited not only that you're back for the reasons obviously that I mean I'm here, and if you weren't back, I wouldn't be here. But the uh, idea that uh, obviously two local guys doing this. I know Clayton. Sometimes you talk about like you're not a social media guy. No, you're not out on you know posting things and whatnot. But I think this actually takes more guts doing something like this. Uh, I know your concern is like, oh, you know, if you post something, are people going to like it? But I mean, sitting around and actually letting people in on your conversations, I think, is actually takes more guts than the social media stuff. So I Thanks. commend you guys, and I'm excited Thanks. to be Thanks, here. Man. And, uh, I, I don't, I don't know if happy. it's that I, I uh, guts thing. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what my aversion is to posting, like sharing. I just, I, I, I think it's a. I don't know if it's a confidence thing where I'm just like, I don't think people really want to 
really care to see what I <laughs> ate for dinner. Uh, I have some good dinner. But I so. hope they tune in and listen to what yeah. I have to say um, about. Yeah, Star that's Rock not Kobe. to belittle people that take pictures of their dinner because I actually kind of like seeing that stuff sometimes. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, yeah. man, I tell you what, that does look good. <laughs> yeah, I, no, I appreciate I mean, that. I, I do. I, uh, I've always been. I think John and I have talked about this in the past too. Is like I grew up on AM radio, so the idea of listening to other people talk always uh, was appealing to me, and, and uh, I never had a problem getting up in front of a group and speaking. So. Um, doing this is easy. There's, there's no, you can't see your audience, you know, now we're, we're finally actually for a while. I, mean, we, I guess we've heard from our audience before, but, um, most of the time it's people we know, but it's surprising the number of people that we've actually had reach out that are strangers too. Yeah. Um, that's especially always... when the last couple of weeks. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. That's, it's, that is a uh, very, I mean, it's awesome. So yeah. It's kind of humbling. I mean, we had someone from, where was that, uh, an author from central, Southern. Casey, Illinois, contacted yeah. us. I don't know how the heck she found us. Possibly through Instagram, you know, because I was going right. on a right. follow, you know, bi- binge, just yeah. going through following uh, people. Yeah, I know how that goes. Yeah. yeah. But uh, she, she, I was like, it was like two days in a row, and I was, and then I thought, uh, uh, what's his name? The, he was on the show too. He's a previous Chad Ariel. Chad, yeah. I thought he messaged us to come on the show, but John had actually already reached out to him. And I was there like, was two an- days in a row, people are asking to come on the show. I was like, we're blowing up. <laughs> Put my two weeks in. Like, yes, yeah. yes. I know, right? You know, it's, like, it's like buying a lottery ticket. You have the dreams. Like all of a sudden, it's like, hey, if I win this lottery, like I'm going to do this with the money. It's like the podcast. This thing's going to blow up. And no, I get it. There's some you guys are doing well. I don't. I mean, you kind of have blown up. So yeah. well, for for pe- most people that are successful in podcasts. You typically are already famous for something. I think yeah, it's yeah, typical, right. a typical formula, right? Seems so. to be lately. I mean, not, not everybody. I mean, there's a lot of shows I listen to, like the, the Scott Johnson. He's not known for anything. He's just a guy who lives in Utah who does cartoonist stuff. And he, oh, you know, he's okay. got this network of shows, and he's got a pretty decent following. He's nice. like 500,000 hits per show. It's like just, just you know, he's doing it as a hobby, right. pretty much like this. We're not there yet. Well, we, I mean, when we, when I found out that we were hitting Someday. 500 downloads, you know, and up to a thousand, it was like, oh my God, no way. <laughs> but we really were. We're pulling it At off. At one man. point. Yeah. Now yeah. we're kind of climbing back. Yeah. Because we, we took such a long time out. That's the key to podcasting. Sticking with it. Sticking huh? with it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just being consistent, staying with it. And isn't this medium just crazy though? Like, like this stuff never existed. If you think of yourself as a senior in high school, like, you know, sitting in your bedroom. Like, could you imagine if this technology existed, how your life would be differently? Like, if you could sit in your bedroom and podcast to potentially thousands or tens of thousands. Ooh. Oh, of yeah. People. Just would have had just, the club in just school. The, yeah. What's that? <laughs> the club in high school, right? Because they have a, a podcast club at LP, right? Yeah, they do now. Oh, yeah. I, I, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, th- I would have loved back then because I was already screwing around with like audio video yeah. editing back then where you're just splicing stuff together, it had like multiple VCRs and different types of things all feed into one recording device and it was cumbersome you had to keep reconnecting wires and it it was a lot just now it's like all in one device your ipad you can i could do everything it's it's pretty awesome and full disclosure here we all graduated in 1999 yeah that's right let's put things in perspective of (laughs) where the internet did exist at that time but not clearly what it is today i mean i'm talking about today it's that we i think we actually hit the sweet spot of it because it was before you had to keep that, and maybe not. I mean, obviously, the member berries thing. Like everybody thinks, when their time was the best. But in terms of technology, like we're the mix of the old and the new. Like some people had cell phones, most didn't. 
you know. Right. Uh, Not everybody had computers. I remember right. when we got a computer at my house, I was probably a ju- sophomore or junior in high school. Did you have the internet at your own? We did when we got the, the, the right. that computer. That was like a big deal. And what did you do with the internet at that point? Like what was your, uh, I mean, what did you utilize it for? I don't even really remember. MapQuest. <laughs> Yeah, I remember, yeah, I remember, I remember, I remember yeah. eBay. Yeah, email. Uh, the, I think the was... geo sites. So making your own websites back then. Remember that? I remember geo-cities. I was playing some games. Uh, what did you? Yeah, Yahoo chat rooms. Like yeah. Yahoo, oh, like, like with, Yahoo Euchre. I remember yeah. that right? back you, then. Right, that stuff was that was big. Yeah, that's when Yahoo really was uh, out there. I mean, even just the Yahoo search engine. The idea that you know to be able to have a thought in your head, and I, this is still today why I do it. I do it today to have a thought in your head and automatically just. Essentially now Google it is right. what they're calling, but it was through a Yahoo yeah. search, uh, which I think it was Netscape search before that. Web crawler. And then a web crawler. Yeah, and I remember that then, was one. Netscape for sure. That was a big, that was one of the big uh, um, web, uh, I don't know, iOS. What do you call it? What would you call a web browser? Yeah. Uh, what, Netscape, Netscape? And then there was, uh, what was AOL. the AOL. Was that the one where they sent out, the, everybody got a disc? Yeah. yeah. But, but then, yeah. But then, a thousand then, free hours. Yahoo essentially was the first one to figure out how to categorize that and put it to be able to search, to actually utilize the search itself. It was, so that's yeah. what kind of changed. Do you them. remember their, their their front page was just so cluttered because it would be like dating, sports, chat it rooms. Like, and plus it was all minus the, little bars on the side you clicked on, it would expand, the expandable yeah, bars. Yeah, it was, but it was like, there's a thousand topics just on that landing page. Oh and, yeah, and then like the sidebar was yeah. just filled and it would go way, way down, yeah. full of stuff, things that you could click, click, yeah. Add, you know. What did you use it for? I mean, do you remember? What, I mean, I remember eBay real early because I remember Kurt selling Beanie Babies. I mean, he would make hundreds and thousands yeah, I, of dollars I, doing that. I, I did that same thing as well. I used to do that in, in, uh, when I was in college. I would go to buy like kind of like American Pickers now. I'd go to different type of estate sales or whatever and buy things and then resell them using eBay. So Really? I, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm familiar Where'd with that. Where'd you go to school? Uh, which school are you talking about? Uh, well, when you were like, for like, so right out of high school. Right out of high school. Well, I guess for, I, I'll bring it back to the beginning. I went to LP and with, right. with both of you guys. I, <laughs> right. I know I talked about the reference, the graduating of 1999. So greatest year. So I obviously, I, I, in full disclosure, I'm here because I went to school with these guys. <laughs> I, that's the only reason, no. But um, and he was a sponsor. So, so yeah, <laughs> yeah, I wasn't. But actually, I feel better that I'm not a sponsor on my own show. That's I don't feel like you can still promote though. Feel, feel good. <laughs> about that um no. so I, I went to lp i graduated in 99 and then i went to uh, ibcc for a year um just kind of trying to figure out what i was going to do and then me too yeah. i went for two but. ended up going down to uh southern in carbondale okay. siu in carbondale and w- i got my degree down in carbondale and then from carbondale went to uh, michigan to lansing michigan to the uh, thomas m cooley law school and graduated from there and then came back here, studied for the bar exam, and then took the bar exam um, in Illinois. Okay. Nice. So those are my schools. Michigan. What did you like? Did you like it up there? Um, yeah, it was... Uh, it was different when you're at that high level of education, though. Yeah, right. You were really there for one yeah, reason. Yeah, right. You've got a different focus at that point. It's were you not, in a relationship at that point? Yeah, you? actually, I was in a relationship and and uh, with my wife now, yeah. who we've been together for 20 years. She actually went to LP. She was a year younger than 
than we would have been. Right. We never dated in high school, but after high school, you know, I was kind of chasing her around and eventually <laughs> she, you know, <laughs> she gave school. in after, you know, many, many refusals and, <laughs> and whatnot. That's and very that's old kind school. of what brought me to, right, and brought me to. But yeah, we, uh, speaking of spouses, right, we've been together for 20 years, married for 10, three kids. Um, and that's a big part of my life now. And that's, of course. as I'm sure you guys both understand, that's mm-hmm. pretty much what I do. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that, that's funny that you did the any any good success stories of the estate sale or anything um, any your biggest eBay yeah, sale. Yeah, you know, I what's funny is I actually used to I, talking about selling stuff. I used to do a lot of different things, but when I was about sixteen, I used to go to uh, car auctions and I used to buy cars and. At, at wholesale prices with dealers, I would go in under under the guise of a of a driver because the only way you could get into these things if you had a dealer's a license, if you were a licensed automobile dealer. So I would go in with different dealers and we get into these auctions and and essentially buy these cars at wholesale prices and wow. uh, bring them back and maybe I would drive them for a while and then resell them or resell them right away. So that's how I first got into like buying things at wholesale Flipping. or cheaper and then selling them more. It was also exciting for a 16-year-old kid to be able yeah. to go in and kind of pick different cars out and do that kind of thing. So, so that's what kind of brought me into the world of doing that. So then... Uh, the eBay thing, right? It was just the uh, that time of the internet and uh, in, in, in what eBay in what eBay brought in going to the sales and buying things and finding out what sold and what didn't sell. Obviously, isn't with any business you have uh, success stories and failures and you buy things that are dumb and whatnot. And but I don't have any crazy things no, like okay. that. Like I mean, some stuff, but I don't. I mean, I, I, I know I made some money, but it wasn't was nothing crazy. That was right. fun back then right. too, because like like now with the buy it now button on eBay. I mean, it's, and now people have storefronts and it's, it's a completely different, I mean, the old school eBay is still sort of there, but it wasn't like back then when you had to sit there and watch that clock tick down yeah, to right. see if somebody well, would had maybe outbid you if you're buying. And it wasn't sophisticated too. So like there was proxy bidding going on. So I think a lot of it was, was a, probably what now would be illegal. And it was probably illegal at the time. You just weren't sophisticated enough to catch it. You know, People could go Somebody in under other accounts, bid up other auctions, sure. and then let it whatever someone else outbid, and then oh, of course, I knew you people would call that your friend that. and say, "Hey, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, I've got yeah. a, I've got a Sega on there that's it's only at thirty dollars, but you know the yeah. reserve is you know set at whatever." I needed to get fifty, uh, yeah. and then all of a sudden at forty six, you stop bidding, and the next guy hits forty seven, and it's done and done. <laughs> but that was the, the wild west of the internet, right? So. I don't know. This is funny the way that we works. still are in the wild west of the internet. Talking <laughs> think, about, and actually, going back to the last thing that you talked about about the dark web, yeah. we are in the that is the wild west of the internet. Sure, right there, right? We don't know. I don't know jack about that. I, I I'm glad. I don't. I don't have any purpose or need for it. But I I think it. it yeah, that's true. That it, people if that part of that. I think it'll always exist. Don't you? I mean, at, to to some extent, the dark web. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no doubt. I don't know I, enough I about the technology that. of it. but I deal with that in my practice. I mean, there's certain element of society that use that for different purposes. Right. Well, yeah, there's anything like stealing can be my identity. Stealing yeah. identity. Yeah, buying and selling buying and things selling that you can't do on the open market. Jeez. Yeah. Still dealing with that. It's Se- funny. Seriously. After that last show, I had something else happen. Pop up. Really? So, yeah. So that's fun. <laughs> it's never ending. Well, be be careful with that stuff out there. Oh, I'm way more careful than I used to be. I mean, just like with you know how how I buy stuff and how often I throw out my email and any of my information. But I mean, a lot of websites make you if you want to buy something. So 
And I'm starting to do what you told me to do, use eBay a little bit, or I mean PayPal. PayPal a little bit more for some of my purchases. It's just another layer, I think. At least you don't have to give them information directly. Right. It, you know, my thought. But interesting. Oh. So what, in, I was going to ask you, in uh, locally, because I, I, I've seen multiple times in the paper where they say that the DUI traffic problems, you know, have gone down. Have you seen that with, with your practice? Yeah, I mean, I, I used to do a lot of DUIs. I mean, when I actually first started in the in the business, to say, because when I uh, first came out in my professional career was a prosecutor, and I used to prosecute these case, these types of cases, and there were around, I would say, 800 or so in LaSalle County, DUI cases of whatever different type of DUI charge. Uh, but now what you're seeing is roughly around under 400. Wow. And I don't, I don't necessarily, I've been asked many times about how, what the reasoning is for it. Uh, the economy played into it at some point, but I don't necessarily know that that's the factor anymore. I do think that uh, now, especially with the legalization of marijuana, um, and I am a licensed attorney, by the way. I guess I should say that. Oh, yeah. I, I guess I didn't get into that. I did go to school. I am licensed to uh, You didn't pass to, to the bar. You took legal it. You also passed it. Right? Yeah, you never did. No, confirm yes, it. You passed. Yes, I did. I am. I'm a licensed in good standing attorney. <laughs> right. And you can look it up if you don't believe me after this interview or this after this uh, podcast. Um, but but uh, um, so, so, yeah. So another part of it as well is that you're going to start seeing, I believe, in the future – uh, now that marijuana has been legalized, uh, th- those type of DUIs will rise, but that's going to take some time because right now uh, the state police essentially who run the different uh, – who run the testing elements or who use the uh, – who put together the standards of what you, what's used for field sobriety testing, they have not been able to create, at least at this point, or be able to contract out to private companies – a roadside test to be able to test marijuana. I mean, oh, there's, sure. There's, you know, if you think of it as a breathalyzer, for instance, you know, you get right. pulled over. If you've been drinking, if they smell alcohol, if they ask you to take a breathalyzer, you know, they have a machine. They're supposed to be calibrated, although a lot of times they're not. But essentially, there is a machine that does that. They, sure. They now are trying to contract out to companies to produce different type of roadside testing elements to be able to detect uh the certain level of marijuana, which is 0.05 nanograms per deciliter, it's supposed to be taken within two hours. I mean, there's different type of measurements and different type of cases, but essentially those uh, those testing things aren't there yet. So, so what I'm getting at is once those do come to market, those things I think you'll start seeing those charges rise. Sure, sure. I've been one. I've been kind of as an optimist. I, I've kind of wondered if part of the reason. The DUIs have gone down. It's just better education. The kids these days are being taught better to be a little more careful. Uh, the the punishment for parents to allow anything to go on is much more severe for the parents if you get caught with you know kids at your house. You know, I know. Well, for so even alcohol consumption amongst young yeah, people is right, on the decline. Right. Oh, for sure. Oh, and I think more adults are heeding the warnings. I think there's less and less people actually drinking and driving. I think I think alcohol consumption is down, and I think people are actually being more responsible. I too. wonder too if, if just, just in, in general. I feel, and I don't know if I've read this or I'm just it's my own, you know, what I've noticed out on the streets. It just seems like people don't go to bars as much as they used to. I could be yeah, since they quit. or it's just because I don't go to bars as much and I don't notice it. Right. I don't know, but since you can't smoke them anymore, what's the point? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> right. That's why I don't go out to eat anymore. I used to love when people I mean, smoked yeah. when I was eating. Right. Yeah. No, I, I 
I, I think I just think in general that lifestyle is kind of slowly going away. Maybe, uh, and, and not know. to sound like an old man, but I, I, in general, I think well, there, there's an effect. It's cocooning the idea that people just they do their recreating at home. Well, yeah, and that's, that's a longstanding true. trend of like it's been going on for probably well, twenty five years. Less people years. going out to shop anymore. Less people going out, yeah. going out to uh, to drink anymore. Less people going out to do much of anything anymore. You just right. you get your entertainment well, at home. Right. You put the above put ground your, pool in the backyard. You you you, you got a slip home on your brew. You, yeah. you don't. I mean, it's you, you can get anything you need shipped to your house. Um, you any social um, bonding you need, you get through your phone. Uh, yeah. You can stream any movie you want to see. And it's, as I've talked about on a previous show, now I just slip on my VR glasses and I go into a whole new dimension. Pretty which is soon, I'm not wild. Even. <laughs> yeah. As long as it doesn't make you sick, right? Is this real? Yeah. yeah. Is, uh, I just want to make sure this is real. Right. Right. Well, this is all a simulation, it's Doug. I don't know if you know this. It's, it's all you know what? You're my worried problem, about that. It's the, yeah, exactly. My problem now, I know, I, I, I had... I tried to play the other day a Beat Saber, and I didn't stop playing because uh, because I was getting sick. I was actually getting worn out, because that's how out of shape I am these days. I was, I was sweating because you you're, you're jumping really? around, and you're swinging, and yeah, I suck. I suck. So Sorry. I, I I wonder if that I think that's that only going to get worse. Of it. Too. I think there's just less people are going out and tying one on, and I might be I might watch too much Black Mirror, but that's only going to get worse as. Uh, well, Here's something I can say about that is this it, it's true that alcohol consumption is down. You know, you don't find the high school kids like, you know, we used to, you know, go to a house party, have somebody had a keg or somebody had uh, beer. It that doesn't exist, but an interesting thing that I kind of find out found out through uh, talking with people and talking with for instance the security at LP, right? Uh, they told me that for the last two years of their, I believe it was homecoming, it might have been prom, that they had zero alcohol incidences or zero violations because they get breathalyzers when you walk in. I mean, oh yeah, can you imagine in 1998, 97, 96 that there would be no alcohol incidences whatsoever at one of those dances? I mean, that was a, I, I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What? So, well, I mean, did they do that then? I, I, you had to take a breathalyzer to get in the door, no, or, well, I, or you're voluntarily. I'm just did it? getting at the the idea that I mean it, that doesn't now that they're testing for it. I mean, maybe these students are finding ways around the breathalyzer. I don't right. There's, but but what I'm getting at is that you would have had that they've they've switched. When I say they, I'm I'm speaking of high school kids have switched to different vices, and what I mean by that is different vices of prescription medications, oh god, uh, different vices of uh, of THC vaping, all of that yeah. stuff. Like, so you're correct in what you're saying that alcohol consumption is down, and you can see that through. Uh, That's a good point, though, man. It's not like it's not they're just getting altered in a different way, right? The 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 need or the that sort of. The behavior probably still exists. It's just taking a different form. Right. Okay. And I think that's probably the same for us adults as well. Right. I mean, of- you, if you think about it, you couldn't... When we were in high school, if you wanted to get prescription medications or weed or whatever it may be, you could... You know, It was a little more difficult. I mean, now you have access to you know, getting online and you can order stuff. You can mail order anything that you want. And that's where I'm talking about the dark web specifically. Right. Like that stuff exists that never existed before. It's a whole new reality to right. people our age. I mean, we may think that we understand kind of, you know, what's going on and we think that we're cool and hip and whatever <laughs> else, but 
I think that we understand technology, but technology is being used in a whole different way. And so, right, that's why you see these lobbyists for alcohol companies who were lobbying against the legalization of marijuana, even specifically in Illinois, because clearly that is going to hurt their sales and oh, yeah, hurt their sure. business. So, so right. Hmm. Well, and the dark web thing is I, I, the idea that you can just be like, yeah, I want to, I got a 50 pack of whatever painkiller that. That's terrifying to me. Well, the ter- <laughs> I can't even the, imagine the, even the idea of having someone ship that to your house. The like- terrifying thing about it isn't the fact that you can do that. It's that they're coming – most of that stuff are coming from labs in China. They're being made in these huge um, you know, labs. I, I've never Factories been to one, but they're, I'm sure they, they don't take the most you know, safety sure. precautions. And you're not quite sure what you're getting. You mm-hmm. don't know. So the problem is, is – it's a, you can easily access that product, and especially that's why it's dangerous when you go to re- redistribute it because you're not the one who produced produced the product, and you're re- redistributing it amongst other people and maybe the community, and you have no idea what's into it. So right. that's why that type of thing is scary. But how policing that and policing the dark web is a very difficult, difficult thing to well, do. Well, that's yeah, that's why I kind of was complaining about previous shows that you know my info was out there. And there's nothing I can do about it. And I don't know that anybody's, I don't even know who could do anything about it. It's just out there. It's just there now. Right. Just accept it. <laughs> I guess that's what and I'm supposed to do. You just have to just be diligent and fight. You know, as, as instances crop up, you just have to take care of them. Right, right. Ugh, that's horrible. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's reality. Dark web talk. I didn't think we'd be going, going down that way. Have you freed your credit? Your, uh, credit yeah, reports? I'm all frozen. The yeah. whole fraud, free, frozen for 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. So that's good. I mean, it's a, at least I know that they can't open up accounts. That's like the number one thing to do. Yeah. I mean, generally, right. So I, I feel pretty protected in that respect. So you're not going to go buying any more Apple iPhones anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Those days are over. <laughs> when you, so when you, so you've had instances like in your practice where you've actually dealt with stuff relating to dark web and like internet crime, cyber crime at all? Or is it just, are you defending or what is your standing like? Yeah, I mean, what is your I, experience with it? I, my experience, if you're talking specifically dark web stuff, it's mostly with um, people who may order the uh, who may order product online uh, and get it and go to redistribute it who are charged locally. A lot of times when – if somebody locally is charged with a crime that is related to the dark web, it, it's coming from the <clears throat> DEA. So what I mean by that is what happens is that the DEA – will get a tip or somehow either set up a sting to where if you have somebody local that's buying, you know, uh, you know, two pounds of meth and getting it delivered, you know, so they, they, uh, they, they have it delivered to their house and, um, one second here. Two pounds. That's a lot of meth. Um, I, I, yeah, of course I'm just giving, I'm just giving an example of this. So, if uh, by doing by what's changed about it is the fact that now when they do that it uh, and I forgot where I was going with this specifically. Um, <laughs> so 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 the dark web. So they ordered they redistributed the DEA's contacted Correct. them. I'm sorry. Obviously intervened and they're like hey. where I, right where I was coming from originally was the idea that the DEA is the one who essentially starts these cases. So they get a tip from somebody or they get. Uh, somehow find out about it, and they come to local law enforcement, uh, you know, whatever it may be, the local drug drug enforcement agencies, and they say to them, "All right, we have a shipment that we know is coming in from wherever." So the 
local drug people line it up with the DEA. They have a DEA agent maybe dress up as a FedEx person or they have that DEA, DEA agent dress up as uh, whatever it may be, deliver the goods, and then they continue on with their bus. This is the whole process that they go through. Um, but what happens with these type of cases is that the the, uh, the feds don't generally deal with them as they kind of just push them off onto local uh prosecutors in local counties to essentially to handle the cases for them so they originate through the fed through the feds but end up being state cases is okay. what happens because the, the dea i mean two pounds of meth like you said oh that sounds like it's a lot like they don't care about that they've, right. they've got other do you see fish. anything i mean all i think about with the dark web and all we ever talk about is you know bad things that people are you know illegal things people are doing is there anything that's like good that's on the dark web I mean, I, I'm not aware of any. I mean, it's just an open so, question. I, I can't think of anything, maybe. So, well, like, it's, it's just maybe there's people that are listening that are, when we talk about that, the dark web, just to make sure that I'm clear on it, it's people going through VPNs oftentimes. There's a, a part of the internet that's somewhat untraceable. Is yes. Essentially all it is. It's, is, is, and how do you access? I mean, what would someone have to do to even try? It's not like you just go, well, you just go to darkweb.com <laughs> and you order whatever you need to order. And that's it. You, you have to a VPN. You, you have to uh, first right. of all download, and I, I guess I'll be instructing, you, telling your <coughs> listeners how to get on. But there's, there's actually stuff. software you have to get in. I think yeah. you mentioned that last. It's week. an onion. It's an onion torrent browser uh, that you use to access that specific type of untraceable uh, sort of. Website, but the VPN that you're talking about, you can actually. You don't even need a VPN. You don't need a VPN necessarily. Just if you're to smart, a, you probably would use right it. because the VPN will will a secure will your, your your IP address to numerous different places. I mean, they say that it can't be traced. Really, if somebody wanted to spend, I mean, I, it would take a long time to do it. But I mean, nothing's untraceable. Let's put it that way. Okay, sure. All right. But it would be super, just, super difficult there. to do right. that. Picturing people listening going like, ah, what the hell is that? Like, what yeah. is that? And honestly, I wasn't even aware that it, I, I've heard it in uh, various places and news sources and stuff. I didn't realize that you actually – it required some uh, – you actually had to probably find a different uh, – it's not an operating system, but just a different browser or a different type of browser that right. you'd have to actually – Acquire like somewhere just a new program that's running in your computer. Okay. And just use that program to access <clears throat> the web. Okay. And I'm sure that once you're on there, you can find all sorts of different. There's all sorts. There's probably. It's not like there's just one dark right. web. There's all these different paths Ways you can to take. Get, okay. And it's all still just websites and stuff. It's just how you access them. It's, it's um, yeah, because it's anonymous. Okay. God, that's nuts. Isn't that all the Bitcoin and whatnot, probably? Sometimes things like that, I you know, I'm, I'm interested to learn more about, but I'm scared to even Google it. Well, I think yeah. Bitcoin gets gets lumped into dark web because unfairly. Of the of that. I mean, Bitcoin is in cyber, uh, you know, cyber currency in general. I mean, if you just talk about Bitcoin, Bitcoin mm -hmm. is just part of the grand cryptocurrency. Crypto I'm sorry if I said cyber. Yeah, the cryptocurrency. Um, it's it's different than I know it gets like I said gets lumped into the dark web, but it's really a whole different thing. Right, I mean, that's me, true. It's, it's, it's not. Done, I've not always crypto is used for purposes, nefarious purposes. Well, that's it. But to me, so is crypto cash. is just right. yeah. That's and everybody all, loves it's, cash. It's the so. equivalent of cash. That's exactly what it it's is. It's just cash for the web. Right. Interesting. 
I, I'm just be, it's like I, you don't want to know what your neighbors are up to. Just assume <laughs> they're up, to, they're good. Everything's good and I, I can tell you, I, I live in a whole different world that a lot of times you, <laughs> your neighbors are probably up to a lot of different things that, you know, be surprised about. Well, and that's what, that's, you know, we were talking earlier and like, and I say this and, and I am dead serious. I have never been to court. I have, I, I got a ticket once uh, in Bureau County, and I went to the class for it. I was like 21 or something at the time. That's it. That's my that's my track record as far as like anything and everything. Never had to appear. Never had to give a statement. Uh, I did get called into the up because of my brother, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean I've been questioned by the police before, but I mean I was just it's a Aaron's kid. Fault. It was Aaron's fault. It was Aaron's fault. Yeah. <laughs> and actually, some of it wasn't even his fault. It was. Uh, I don't even remember what it was, but you, were, I you weren't in the group of of people who got called into the room at LP and questioned by police. No, for what? Just me then. No, man. Like I'm, I'm pretty. I cracked like, like an egg. I'm sure you yeah, did. I cracked like an egg. I'm uh, <laughs> throwing everybody under the bus. Uh, I remember my brother got called in one time because, and I, I am perfectly comfortable talking about it because I don't know if anybody was ever actually they ever did catch anybody. Not that I, I hope they did. Someone was throwing bricks off of the overpass on 7th Street in Peru oh, onto 251. Which kill someone. Yeah. That is insane to wow. do that. And they brought my brother in because they the police had dealt with him enough that they knew that he'd at least, when it came to that kind of stuff, he would tell him exactly if he knew. Yeah. And, and he, they also knew he wasn't that stupid. He wouldn't be the one doing it. So they're like, come on, Aaron. Do you, do you know? I mean, do you have any idea who's... And I think they had a, might have had a rough idea, and he may have folded on him because he was like, yeah, screw that guy. That's a dumbass thing to do. So I don't know for sure, but... <clears throat> Speaking of stupid pranks, it's later, it's in, our, it's in our semi-local doc for local. It's not really local, but it's Joliet. But did you guys see that story about the kids' prank to Walmart? I the, did. The coronavirus thing. You yeah. Go ahead and tell them. Okay, or, yeah. So two guys, a 19-year-old and a 17-year-old, went into a Walmart in Joliet and put on I think one of them was filming the 17 year old I believe was filming yeah I think I found out from somebody afterward there's a video on YouTube of it and uh, the the 19 year old put on a mask like a surgical mask orange surgical mask and then I believe he had something written on his back that said something about the coronavirus and then he's going around and spraying stuff which they tested and they believe to be Lysol (laughs) but just the act of him going through this whole process they had to trash everything in the store that they sprayed. Uh, so he's on the hook for all that. They, he got taken to jail, $20,000 bond, all for a prank. Yeah. Oof, that didn't go well. Oh, at least they got good video, though. I hope so. <laughs> Hopefully they get a lot of hits or not. I mean, ugh, people are scared right now. You know, it's a little scary well, when there's you know a pandemic going well, on. So we know that there's a regular flu going around right now. The Everybody, you have you're perfectly in the right to be afraid of a of a viral an outbreak of because I mean it's coming right. I think that's sort of been talked about. Like it's we know a pandemic is completely possible and it's going to happen at some point. But sixteen thousand people have died of the regular flu in the United States so far this year. Really? 16, yes. That's an interesting. So, so I mean, I'm just the only reason I put that out Putting there is just contextually, like you know. No, people get freaked out. I mean, <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. And, and it's you know what? It's scary. This it's scary for the elderly and people who are sick. I I understand that completely. But right, I mean, if you put things in perspective, yeah, 
so 980 people have died in China. It's like, yeah, they got a lot of people to burn. I mean, <laughs> I he said it. I should have said it that way. I was Clay. No, he would, I, work John. With, I, work, I, I work with him. Doug, that was also, <laughs> also not Doug Kramarski. <laughs> so, no, I work with a guy. He, uh, he's, he's Indian. He's one of our, he's a fantastic guy. Was you start talking about different cultures and stuff like that? And he's like, no, he's like a lot of the Asian countries. It's like no, they, the the governments and stuff. They honestly view the people, and I don't think this is controversial in any way. It's like it's pretty well known. There's a lot of those folks are just like it's a certain amount of people are disposable. Uh, you're no, say, you're just, saying that's how their their yeah, governments. That's how, they, that's how their that's governments. How their government sees it. I mean, it. look, oh, right. they Chernobyl and all that. They're just like. Eh. Yeah, I mean, it's for the betterment of the people. Speaking of Chernobyl, <laughs> have you watched the YouTube videos about Chernobyl? Like now, like what it looks like? Like oh, uh, I've seen like some of the drone the videos. creepiest thing you've creepy, ever yeah. seen. I, I, how I, society I, just completely stopped this whole life. Everyone's like, watch the show on books, HBO. children's toys. I crazy. Oh well, and all that, any of the abandoned stuff uh, always gives me the heebie-jeebies. Like the right. YouTube videos where people go and hold malls and stuff. But and I don't. So I don't. I don't. Saying that a thousand people died of coronavirus, yes, obviously it's we don't want to see anybody die of that from that, but I don't. It's not that controversial, right? <laughs> so, but yeah, I, it, it depends on where you. The United States, we have a tendency to value human life a little more than it's some new, folks it's in other places. Do. It's yeah, new, it's new absolutely. Right. And, and and that story too is just stupid teenagers, kind of. I know. I laughed a lot. What was that, surprising to me about that story was the most serious thing of it was the uh, criminal damage of property, as opposed to. Yeah, scaring the shit out of people. Right. They should have used the yeah. water bottle, the Lysol. Right. Well, that's true. I mean, but if they just, yeah, there probably was. They shouldn't have sprayed anything. That was dumb. Even if it was water, they probably would have had to gotten rid of it. Yeah, it's not. I mean, right. Because what, what they wouldn't have known what it was in it. Right. right. And you have to just get rid of everything that's, God, that, that's in that path. God, that's dumb. But I mean, stupid. Pranks. Speaking of like teen, I mean, I wouldn't have surprised me if one of our friends did that. Oh, I would have yeah, been the guy in the back thing, of the car of going. I don't think it's a good idea. Uh, yeah. Right. We did plenty Kids of stupid stuff. Things. Yeah, we right. did plenty of stupid stuff too. It, but the all, the thing with that is as well is that when we did it, cell phone cameras didn't exist. And yeah, that cameras helps. everywhere didn't exist. Well, getting um, into like the high school party type thing and alcohol consumption amongst minors and stuff like teens. Like, could you imagine like the documentation that takes place now of any incident? Like, if oh we're having a party at thirty foot. <laughs> Forget about it, because everybody and their brother's going to take a damn picture of it. And if you're a football player, or an athlete, or anything like that, there's no way you would ever go, because you'd you'd be getting busted immediately. Right. I mean, word of mouth was bad enough. Now, now you got a video, <laughs> like, oh, that was him shotgunning a beer. Like, there you go, done and done. Like, we're kind of lucky. I mean, I made it actually graduated from ISU without a cell phone. Wow. That? I made it all the way through college without a cell phone. Yeah, I can't imagine that. It was awesome. 2003. I mean, I got one right after. And I I remember being in people like, why don't you have one of those? I don't don't really don't need it. So I didn't really good with the women at that point in my life yet even. So, (laughs) So, yeah, well, there you go. I I had girlfriends and stuff, but I wasn't, I wasn't, I could have done better, I'm guessing, if I at least just get a phone, (laughs) dum-dum. But that's just the documentation thing. That has to play a part, at least for some kids. Oh, speaking of, that was something I wanted to ask you. Uh, Documentation. Do you you see now more and more the ring cameras and dash cam cameras? Are those... Are you seeing that used in court more often? Or, uh, yeah, or is it, it still is. too new. Um, no, it's uh, it's definitely being used, and it's it's being utilized by police departments who 
are now using different technology to bring the community together to put their addresses in and to join these communities to where they can map out specific areas uh, of the town. So you can be, uh, for instance, in Peru, if you have a security camera that's outside of your house, you can go to a like a central registry and say that I have that camera. Oh, that's cool. And, and so the community can say that. So what happens with that is that cool. if a crime is then committed in that area, the police know that there's the potential that that crime may be caught on someone's camera That's if it's been nice. registered. So they can either try to subpoena it or ask the homeowner for that information. So yeah, that's definitely coming into play. I mean, body cams for police officers are more uh, being used much more uh, by different departments, uh, which protect not only the accused, but also the officer <coughs> right. them yeah, well. I, I've always told police officers that if I were... If I were a police officer, that I most definitely would want to have a body cam. I, I mean, the idea that I mean, I can't imagine. First of all, being a police officer, you're walking around with a, 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 a gun, a, a baton, a flashlight, a mace, uh, a belt that weighs probably you know whatever 20 pounds, and then all of a sudden they want you to attach a camera on to you. You've got a badge, a bulletproof vest. I mean, I don't know how you move in the first place, right. but. The fact of now being able to say that, hey, this is not what happened, uh, it, it really resolves a lot of cases, either for, positive, positively or negatively in my favor by having a camera. Because, you know, 20 or 30 years ago when you didn't have that, uh, when you didn't have that technology, it was all up to, you know, he said, she said. Now you, you have a good, good example of what you're talking about in, in regards to the cameras was the, the murder and uh, Spring Valley with the young woman that got murdered by the, the guy in st- Standard? Standard, yeah. Um, they they were using video footage of the cars driving by and from the businesses as they went down Route 89 down there. And oh, they were okay. able to timestamp it and they were just they just looked for all the cars that drove by and just started running plates and eventually stumbled into that guy. Essentially, that was what led to that guy getting caught was the fact that they knew roughly what the timestamps were. That's awesome. And I think there may be a little more to it than that, but that was a lot of it was the businesses, there was enough footage of cars going by that there you can't drive down that area without your plate getting basically timestamped. So you were on Route 89 at this time crossing this block. And I'm sure that's the case for a lot of areas in this, and, and which is not a bad thing. I mean, <clears throat> well, if you're also talking about cameras, uh, police cars, especially in Chicago, now have specialty cameras that are attached to their vehicles, where they are constantly recording every single license plate that goes by. Uh-huh. So what it does is it takes a timestamp of every car license plate who who it's registered to, and it's not using it for any purpose. It stores it into a database, right? So it can be sitting there for. 30, 60, 90 days. So if they find out two weeks later a crime committed on, you know, there was to say a bank robbery on uh, whatever road it was, they can go back to these things and run every single license plate who was sitting in that area. Uh, It's just, that's how technology has changed things. Now they they use this technology to pull over people who don't have driver's license, who may be revoked or suspended. They can just sit there and cars go by and it'll just pop up a warning. Oh, a car just went by, the registered owner is suspended. Um, and they use that te- technology that way as well. Well, yeah. some people, you know, they hear that and they're like, oh, that's infringing on my rights. Right. You know, I don't want a big brother watching me all the time. But, I mean, the reality, I've heard the same thing with, like, people complaining about the Alexa devices and then they're listening right. to us all the time. 
But then it's like you think about it, and it's like there's how many millions of people yeah. in the country. Do you really think there's somebody sitting at a desk right now listening to just you? Right. You no, know, you're not that interesting. Right. right. Trust well, me. and the other thing too, those same people are the ones that they walk around with an iPhone on them too. Yeah. And they're they're a fundamentally against having a Google or a home home device, the Alexis, you know, the Echoes and. You already have that. Yeah, like you, pretty you're sure that's carrying listening. it with you everywhere you go. Like you might as well sure. have a, an easy way to make grocery lists and set timers in your kitchen. Because <laughs> right. it's—I mean, I get—I get it. You don't want to bug your own house, but your house is already. So bugged, now that that's something with the surveillance surveillance stuff, I haven't heard if they've ever accessed that. Like if they've used Alexa, if like say there was a domestic dispute, could they access Alexa's listening device to see if they heard anything? Oh sure, they can access that, and you see that now, especially with uh, Apple. It's a big uh, a big thing uh, with the U.S. government that uh, they are trying to say that Apple is not complying with their search warrants to be able to access right. their devices, um, which is more of a political play than anything because the government can there's private companies that can access if they want to right the US government if they want to get into your iPhone they're going to get into your iPhone they they don't need a search warrant but it's a political play basically to to say to turn you know uh, people against this type of you know to, to believe this type of thing by saying like oh they're not complying with our search warrant well they're not complying but you technically could get into it anyway if you really wanted to so I would guess that the US government can just get into your iPhone, and they don't physically need to get into your iPhone. Right. They're probably just walk already, by. They're probably already there. <laughs> yeah, right. Whether you like it or not, right. they know, <laughs> right? So that's the the least of your worries. Uh, and, and again, like for the everyday person, I mean, the thing I, that if anybody should be worried about is not necessarily the government, and maybe that maybe I'm naive, but. Um, it's the creepy, like, targeted ads and all that stuff. It's like, yeah, that, that stuff is a little bit... It's a, a corpor- It's corporations using your data and profiting right. from it against you knowing it. And, and then most of the time, you're now they're making you... They're trying to put all that stuff right in front of you and making it so you're... It's obvious that you've made the decision to opt in. It, we're seeing more of that, too, right, Doug? I mean, where, where you kind of have your... Review your privacy information. You get it on Facebook. You get it on Google. Right. So, oh, there was just a good Planet Money about that, where they say, yeah, a lot of times when you go to sign up for any website, they they make it. They really make you click on something yeah. to get past it, just to use their site well, or. It's order. a cookies. It's a cookies yeah. to allow cookies. But if you click on decline, you'll still be able to access the website. There was a. It was a. Yeah, it was Planet Money where they were in New York, and there was a guy. She was interviewing the guy who was in charge of. There's there's like a billboard, in you know it's Times Square. There's all those billboards all over the place, and he could, from an app on his phone, change the advertisement. Uh, on one of the billboards, so they like just from his phone, just for a fun, he put up they put up the Planet Money logo for a few oh, right. seconds. But then he started going into, oh well, actually there's more to it. That sign when you if somebody walks by it, if you've opted in, it'll identify who you are, your age, it'll identify you know all like everything, your income, and he started rattling off all this stuff, and she's like, wow, really? And did I get a say in this? And and he's like, well, sure you did, you opted in. He's like. Oh, right, you did! <laughs> it's wow, and it just—it did sound very intrusive, and he was really excited about it. And he's like, "Oh yeah, we're not even done yet." <laughs> well, I think it's almost fun to like be like, you know what? I'm sick of looking at all these ads for shoes. I looked up damn shoes on the internet. Now it's like I looked up. I was like, I'm going to look up bicycles. Yeah, I need to get a new bike anyway. But it's like I could use some good ads, so I want to. I need. Oh <laughs> so God! I do a couple I, Google searches for some bikes with disc brakes and. 
man, off and off and running, they'll they'll do all the shopping for you. I just I feel like <laughs> give I don't it a couple know. weeks, you'll have the best right. deal right in front of you. As smart as Amazon is, I feel like their targeted ads are always one step behind for me. It's like, like I, I go bought on, it. I Can bought it, and I they keep sending right. me stuff. And it's right. like I already bought it. Please stop. Talk to the Amazon people and be like, "Can I have a already bought button?" That would be like, nice. I will show you my receipt. You would think, <laughs> yeah. I mean, what I get annoyed because so I used to work in the sewer industry, and this time of year was always like, it was always the crunch time because there's a big trade show at the end of February every month. So I still, even though I'm out of it, I'll check in at that trade show just to see, just to see what's new. What's I, the technology? Yeah, what what happened since I've been out of it? This has been a while. But now I go and I just look at that and I get all these yeah. ads now since then, like buying sewer equipment. It's like, I really don't plan <laughs> don't, on buying sewer equipment. Sewer Please equipment. stop. I, I Google the most <laughs> it's random everywhere stuff too. For, for my job too. And you get that. It's like, I, I don't know why, but I'll get like weird, just the weirdest. You'd think I, I buy all kinds of weird or high end like chemistry I, stuff. I, talking about weird searches, I, I deal with um, very. Uh, different characters in my line of work so I Google search many strange things myself so <laughs> completely get what you're saying yeah. the bars are more yeah I can imagine the stuff you yeah wow yeah and then you could try to do like the privacy mode or whatever on your browser but then some websites won't even let you use their site if you don't allow their cookies so oh really sometimes it's so yeah. <laughs> what are you gonna do I, I it is I mean, have have you had the experience though where you've talked about talked about something and then had targeted? I ads? really feel like that's happened. Okay. I mean, I get, I can't. So I wonder how it. much actually gets listened to, and that's the part that I, always makes me wonder. And I'm I'm over it. Like I'm I've already gotten it's, over it. It's also a, a selective type of mentality. It's the same idea of if you're out shopping for a white SUV or a white Ford Explorer, like how all of a sudden that you now all of a sudden start seeing every white Ford Explorer on the streets. Like, sure. like it's yeah. the same idea with maybe of getting to your point of that's a it bias, may not necessarily though. be that it's targeted. It may be that you're just paying more attention. Right. To right. I know when um, my wife was the, was pregnant, I noticed we would always seem like we noticed all the pregnant people Correct. that Recency were out there bias. more than ever. It's like, wow, it seems like everybody's well, pregnant right. now. Right. What happened? Well, that's the, uh, I love that story in terms of targeted advertising is the, and I probably told the story on here before, and I don't remember which, if it was in a book I read or something, but the young, like as a teenage girl, they got pregnant and her family didn't know it yet, but she started to get advertisements from Target for discounts on diapers. Oh, yeah. I, I, Have I, you heard that story? I did. I heard about and she, and she, she, she was getting coupons for something. diapers and all kinds of other stuff. And her dad called Target up and ripped him a new one. <laughs> and then, like six weeks later, finds out that she actually was pregnant. That <laughs> Target knew that his daughter was knocked up before he did. <laughs> she's like sixteen, but somehow she probably started googling stuff. All of a sudden, she's getting shit in the mail. It's like, yeah. <laughs> You may, I would if if I start to get advertisements for one of my kids for something like that, I'm gonna I I'm gonna hopefully be smart enough to not blame the corporation and go like, you pregnant? <laughs> Target, my, my sweet yeah. honey, right. baby. She does not she does nothing wrong? Yeah, right. Couldn't possibly. Mm-hmm. I am gonna take this opportunity to tell everybody once again, as we've been going for a while, about Starved Rock Coffee. They believe, I'm going to try this again. They believe an extraordinary day can start with an exceptional cup of coffee. A cup of coffee that you can feel good about drinking. One that warms your soul 
awakens your senses, and is carefully and thoughtfully crafted. StarvedRockCoffee.com. They're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can get their coffee all over the place. You know, you can get a cup, like fresh. Flutterby, Popcorn, Utica, Moron, Main, and Streeter, Obi Sub Shop, the Library Cafe at Princeton Public Library, Three Little Birds in LaSalle, Bash in Ottawa, Lodi Tap House. I know there's a lot more actually. That list has grown. This, this probably is out of date. And then I know, you know, here in Peru, you can get it at High V. Uh, let's see, Lock 16, I think you can get it fresh there. The Illinois Valley Community Hospital Gift Shop, more on the Main Street. Again, you can get bags of coffee there. And, they, and they've got a huge selection. And, you know, I've tried a lot of just coffee in general, like Starbucks. I'm not a big Starbucks guy in general. But, no, me neither. Uh, but, you know, I've been given gifts of, of coffee before, and it's always good. Mm-hmm. But this stuff, the Star of Rock coffee, is so smooth. I, I, I think you can also get it at the Flower Bar in Peru as well. At least you used to be able to because I know I've purchased it there before. Cool. So okay. Uh, another local business. Who? Yeah. Nice. All right, so yeah, fantastic as well. <laughs> yeah. I'll plug the flower bar myself. Nice. I have no interest, but they're good people. All right, nice. so yeah, please, Star Rock Coffee. Thank you for sponsoring the show. Check them out. And I, I, th- I forgot to mention it last week, and again at the beginning of the show. I am still throwing out there, and I'm offering out my services, the sketch mask thing, which uh, it's not fully uh, thought through, but uh, I actually. J- stumbled across the situation so what I've, I've been throwing this out there you know like engineering services i've been, got 15 years of experience it's more like a you know back alley engineering cheap down and dirty you know you can go to a professional engineer if you want to help and i would certainly suggest many good engineers you can go to for help what i'm offering is more like the you know you're not the, a professional the, uh, well no i mean i've got yes no i'm yeah, not i don't have a pe so i can't no you're oh. not getting a stamped Product. Oh, no. okay. You're not. I, I, let me just give an example because I, 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 someone because this just happened. Um, in the somebody approached me that I know, and they have one of those four wheelers. Uh, you know, like the golf. They're not golf carts, but they're like those really off UTV, like a yeah. Gator. I uh, yeah, a, yeah a, like a, a Gator. A, a UTV. He wanted to put a winch on on it, and he found this company that made a a product. It was like a weldment, like a formed metal weldment that fit right on it. And it allowed you to put a sorry, cats me on the background. Uh, it allowed you to put this uh, this a winch on it. And it's really simple, and but the company was charging like a shitload of money for this thing. And he showed it to me. He's like, "Hey, could you reverse engineer this for me? Because I do a little looking. It's not patented. And guess what, everybody? If it's not patented, <laughs> I can copy it. Because that's that's how the world works. If you don't have a patent on it, which most people don't in this world, it's very expensive to get. I mean, Doug, you can attest. It's an expensive right, I, process. I, mean, I don't deal in that, but I, I sure. understand that. Right. Yeah, it's an expensive process if you want to get a patent. So most companies, especially small companies, or you know, they, they're just not going to go and get a patent. So, and this particular thing was not patented. And he said, "Hey, can you copy it for me?" And I'm like, "Yeah, that'd be pretty easy, actually." And so and and just jumping through some hoops, doing the design, reverse engineering it. He happened to know somebody who could make it once I made the drawings for him, and he was able to make it for uh, a fraction of the cost. It was just the which model. I did that for free, by it the was, way, which is again not a very good business plan on my part. Well, it this. sounds like you should be more of the entrepreneur type of uh, you know engineer, like you design products for yourself as opposed to I mean copying stuff. Yeah, I mean yeah, I suppose I could. Right. I, just gotta have a good idea, 
or yeah. ideas. But sometimes you take copy something, you make it better. So in that, right. but anyway, I'm throwing, I'm still throwing that out there. If you need, if you need help, let me know. You can contact me through the through the podcast mail at Ivy Pod. You can find us. Nice. Like, yeah, that's my plugs. Starve Rock Coffee. All right, back to the show. Does anybody need a pee break or anything? Sure. Yeah, you do? Let's take a break. I figured you do. I don't this time, believe it or not. All right, let's take a quick break. (laughs) We'll be right back. Welcome back. Our pee breaks. Yeah. Had to get that out, stretch your legs. Feeling better? I'm feeling good. I feel like this this segment is going to be much better. You think? I know. What are you trying to say? The last one was no good? Totally awkward. (laughs) Oh, no. I just think it's going to be much better. I I like your your listeners definitely should stay tuned. That's right. (laughs) Well, we already did the plugs. We got that out of the way. Oh, you know what? I didn't. I always do this. I usually do it at the top of the show. So I just, let me. Run through it really quick. I like to shout out to local independent podcasts and radio personalities, Hard Rock Radio Network. They're streaming music. Retro Arcade, they do streaming music. My Worst Holiday, Mr. Holiday, he keeps cranking out podcasts. Spark of Hope Podcast, that's Megan who was on the show not too long ago. Drunken Cousins Podcast, they are due for a show. Audio Out Sessions. Uh, Jeff just put some, he's been, he keeps putting stuff out on YouTube. Uh, Really good musical talent. Uh, LP Lunch Club podcast, Loose Thursday podcast, Three the Hard Way podcast, Guys on the Radio podcast, and Edge of Your Seat podcast, the sports podcast, which he keeps cranking them out as well. So, uh, yeah, check all of those folks out. Nice. But again, we said at the top of the show, we appreciate your reviews. Actually, that's one of the ways that podcasts, since we're, you know, podcasts are free, that can help if you're just listening at show and you... You know, because we don't do a lot of people do pay, Patreon stuff mm. like that to try to get you to pay a dollar an episode stuff like that, which to me is not very effective. But you know, if, if that's what you want to try, that's fine. But uh, if, if anything, if you're sitting at home and you'd like to show your support for the show, uh, a, a nice review on iTunes does go a long way because it does help boost your show up in the right. ratings. I think there's nine hundred thousand podcasts now. Yeah, so we got a long ways to go. Yeah, climb the charts. <laughs> <That's true>. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how long the charts are, but well, that was one of the things that I liked about the Stitcher app. I don't use Stitcher app anymore. We used to like promote Stitcher because mm-hmm. I was like we were excited that it was just something new. But they one thing that that when they're still around, that's still an app you can use. But one of the nice things Stitcher had the, for podcast listening is they did have a local function where you could click local and it would find all based on your zip code. You know, it would find all the podcasts that were produced locally, so we would pop up automatically. You know, for anybody in this area, which is, I don't know of any other show, uh, apps that do that. So that was kind of cool. I wish iTunes would do more of that. Do, like, do you do iTunes now? Or do you Spotify or who, me personally? For your podcast apps. Yeah. I use, uh, I use Podbean. It's just an app on the iPhone. I've been using it for forever. Not Podbean. I mean, come on, what that's our, about? that's who that's, we, that's, that's who we use for uh, Downcast. Okay. That's Podbean's our host. I use Downcast. I've been using them for a long time. It works. Yeah, iTunes, just regular I, podcast uh, app. I actually first started listening to you guys on Stitcher. Uh, nice. Okay, cool. A couple things. 
But now I listen to you on the actual iPhone podcast app. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. I'm well, always good. curious. I'm that's always good. curious. We probably should promote that more often because I feel like iTunes is still the granddaddy yeah. of podcasts. Right. It's just easy. Are we on Spotify? Yeah. Okay. We're on Spotify now. Yeah, I My did. My wife's that. been a subscriber on Spotify for almost ten years. I bet. Yeah, and she was like, like an early adapter. She's like, how long, $10 she, how a long month? has she been a, a, a subscriber to you? I uh, never. Oh, how long have we been? <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's Wrong right. answer. Right. She, I don't think she's. She's. I don't know if she's listening. Right. She probably has listened to the show. Oh, we've been married for a while. <laughs> All right, right. That's twenty twelve, uh, maybe. <laughs> I think she's loyal. She's loyal. She's, she's, she's been, keeper. We've been, we've been around a while. <laughs> Going fifteen year anniversary Holy cow. this month for me. And then we were together, you know, a few years, you know, before yeah, that too. Right. So we're right same boat hey, as you. Yeah, right. Holy cow. Yeah. No. Going think... to Jumers. Are you? Well, I'd see what That's rocking the slots. That's what we're doing. Yeah. yeah that's where we got go engaged. I don't even know why we don't even like the go places see like that. Boots. Are you? What's yeah. that? It's a it's a show there's about that, boots a, that are kinky, right? It's a dinner theater in the Quad Cities. Uh, I can't think of the name of it, but it's a dinner theater, and it's we've been there before. It's really nice. Will they drive you, like when you get a shuttle or something? Uh, no, we'll probably Uber it. Once nice, we get there. love Uber, yeah. especially in, even even you can Uber in the Illinois Valley now. I think Mike, Michael Traub does Uber in the area. Really? I think he's the I think he's the Uber guy. Really? Cool. Come on, give a shout out to Mike Traub. Well, yeah. Well, if you yeah. need a ride, I think he's he was uh, kind of pushing it for a while. If, I, so yeah, cool. Well, it's good to have that. I mean, I, the cab scene around here is a little sketchy. It's better uh, here in LaSalle, Peru, than most places. I was just talking to somebody in Streeter. They have zero for cab ride. Really, nothing, nothing for Uber. Nothing really. Cab I remember services. we we I Ubered in Ottawa one time, and it was like, oh, this is just like living in the city, man. We went down to the uh, riverfront bar and grill there on the whatever on the would be the east side. Right on the river. I don't remember the name of the bar. It's gone through several iterations. In name. Red Dog? No, in Ottawa. Oh, in Ottawa. Okay. Uh, not, not, not as far out as uh, Red Dog, but um, uh, the one that's on Green Street, if you go down Main and you, on the east side of Ottawa, I can't think of the name of oh. it. It's it's they have good food. Etchide was bartending there, actually. Oh, all right. Uh, uh, but yeah, exactly. speaking of another, exactly. yeah. so, so, so throw another throw name in there. Class of '99. Uh, right? Well, <laughs> tip your brother. Good food and they have good drinks. Good beer selection, actually, too. So, but we were, we were kind of thinking we could try to utilize our guests, right? So we we're sure. going to do some legal stories. I don't know questions or whatever. But I don't. Neither of us really need are in the need for that, but. Not yet. Have, not yet. No, no, I, gosh, I hope not. I, I, well, my wife, you know, I think she still loves I, me. We don't need to go into details, <laughs> but I was worried. You know, I talked to you before the show because I was worried if I make fun of somebody on the show, oh, right, could right. I get in trouble? So, And I, uh, I actually gave, I kind of was, I what I said, actually, I wasn't wrong, was I? With my advice, I was like, well, they would have to prove damages was one of the things that I said. You got it. Yeah. You yeah. got it right there. <laughs> if they, if, and, and I don't think we can inflict any damage with our microphones. Like, well, we'd have no, to do. I, and, you know, and <laughs> I we could, I suppose, but it would have to be you, pretty bad. What you said bef- to me before about, you know, if I was to t- specifically target a, a business and, and maybe make up some shit about how they screwed up my house or something like right. that, really, potentially, that could, you know, that right. could harm their business. Like, it, would this be considered slander? Uh, what specific instance are you talking about? Oh, so, say if we said something in a recording on a podcast that damaged a uh, the local company somehow, would that be uh, I, I, technically maybe? But okay, well, so, so, from what I understand, so it's like slander, spoken word, right. like uh, libels, it would, written. It would be very uh, probably 
not a smart idea for someone to try to do that against you guys. So, <laughs> okay. But. okay, that's I like that. That sounds good. Well, in in the, the there's this, occasionally we'll make statements and we're like, oh, should we or shouldn't we? And it's like most of the time we're probably fine. <laughs> Well, anymore, I worry about everything. Well, so. we, we, we live in the Trump era as well. Not to get into politics, but sure. we can all see what's... Whether you dislike or like that person, you can see what's being said on a general scale anyway. So. Right. right. Well, and also, like, you, yeah, so essentially, given our um, venue, uh, even if we were shooting from the hip, say, crazy stuff, we could just go, hey, we're entertainers. Right. Well, <laughs> no, I think it's good to bring it up because anybody who's, you know, any of these guys we just named off are those independent podcast people or anybody who's interested in podcasting or doing something like this, they might be worried about that. You know, what can I say for real? You know, can I, can well, I give true. a bad word? Can I, can I, can I go to a show at the stage 212 and say that I thought it sucked, right. you know, and oh, can I course. get in trouble you for speak that? speak the you truth. Know? If you speak the truth, you have nothing to worry about. Right. Right. That way. Yeah. Right. Well, Especially if it's you know, an opinions, obviously are always okay. Right. So well, satire, it, of course. I mean, it, right. And if it's if it's absurdity too, you could you could say things that are crazy if it's obviously crazy. Like right? when I call somebody Hans Gruber. Yeah, Hans Gruber. That's right. That was the origins of the. <laughs> that the was the origins dis- of the whole thing. Right. Our favorite villain, TV <laughs> or movie villain. Do you know who Hans Gruber is? I did read a little bit about Hans Gruber. I'm not, but yeah, I do. It's a uh, a villain who. In what series is it's Die, Hard. Die Hard? Die Hard. He's from the original Die Hard. Die Hard. Yeah, I'm That's not a Die Hard person. I'm actually not a movie person whatsoever. Like I'm not. Real, I mean, you're a reader. Uh, yeah, I'm more of a reader. I, I think that's I kind say. of part of the part of the. Trade, trade. Yeah, you don't you kind of have to be. I would imagine to be a right, but a times have changed as well. I mean, not to get not to change change subjects here, but times have changed as well to where it was. You know, if I wanted to learn something in high school or even college, you you really had to read it. To whereas right. now I can watch a uh, a video or listen to a podcast yeah. and learn things that way, which is the type you, of learner that I am. And I learned. Do you ever that do audio books? All the time. That's okay. one of my ways that I mean I read so much for uh, for work and do research through you know texts that way that my most I guess you want to call it pleasure reading is done through podcasts because I can lay in a bed with the lights off or uh, you know and just and listen that way. Throw the buds in and- for sure. But I'm a big I'm a big fan of the audiobooks. Nice. We live in a, a great time and you're talking about the wild west of the internet. I mean, what you can just get for an education without actually going to school now is amazing. Just in terms of and that goes from, you know, something you might go to a college or university to learn about or even trades. I mean, just think of what you you got something to do just in your house, just you go on YouTube and find out how to how to right. do it. And and the problem with that is is that it's also dangerous. It's it's good for people who are seeking knowledge that can understand where or what the sources that they're getting that knowledge from. But it's also dangerous for a young person who's searching for questions that may be getting their information from a place that is not really truthful. Oh, or- gosh, yeah. We talked about that before, you know, before on the show. I mean, just what you can go and find out on YouTube that appears Bad. to be appears to be real i mean you got someone who with a smooth talking voice who has flat earthers flat earthers yeah oh no yeah now it's some, one step some from- guy on a billboard who just puts you know puts his face on a billboard you know <laughs> yeah. just you, know, you believe that stuff whatever you sure see. no it's uh yeah it's gone it's, it's even go, gone one step further than flat earthers now now there's a space isn't real 
There's people who believe that now. You can Google Google hashtag space not real or not something. And there's people out there who was are, it what what was the the topic that we had around a while ago? Was that giraffes aren't real? Giraffes? They, they on Reddit uh, giraffes giraffes oh are, giraffes yeah the animal giraffes are fake or something yeah. like that. Remember the Reddit thread. Yes. Is that a real thing? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't know if it's just sort of a... a Sometimes you wonder if people are actually just joking around. I think they might There's just trolls, be... Yeah. yeah, they're trolling, but, but the, the idea of it is hilarious. The flat earthers actually seem to believe oh, there's, it. there's legit... I've spoken to people who are true flat earthers. That Seriously. Are, I mean, they, they kind of like think like there's a little bit of craziness maybe. Like they can understand why people think that they're crazy, but they believe in their... I mean... Wow. Never flown they're, on they're, an airplane. Uh, right. Right? It's that, they're strong in their convictions of that the Earth is flat. Well, if you've ever been on a plane, like just fly right. on an airplane that, once. That's the wonderful and, thing. And you're I can, like, yeah, I that's can understand not true. being a flat earther 30 years ago where maybe you didn't have access to seeing visual pictures because you had to actually open a book and an encyclopedia to see right. it. Sure. To whereas now I think you're just like it's flooded that you can like see like satellite images of the Earth that it's. Right. You know, in real time. Clearly. That's the, the funny thing. I don't know which podcasts I heard that on where they were like, you, you would think now we have the internet at our disposal with all of information at our disposal, and yet it's making people dumber. Right. <laughs> Very true. No, well, that's, There's no gatekeeper. That's the problem. With, with tra- yeah. traditional news sources, you had a gatekeeper who would filter the news and you had responsibility, but that doesn't exist anymore with right. the internet. Yeah, well, exactly. Like you were, you someone was someone would filter the information that was that would make it to you in general especially for young people and they were responsible for that like if you had a a news editor at NBC and in a false news report came through that news editor at NBC would be shit can they'd be right, gone yeah, yeah. where now you don't you know if somebody has a false news report on whatever they get credit through because Facebook, they were first <laughs> right it's <laughs> If that yeah, I think they're tapping into something though, and people though too. I mean, I suppose you're, you know, we could say that it's making people dumber, but I, I believe that there's something about some of those YouTube videos and and some of that information that's out there where it's tapping into something in us, and and I can almost excuse people to a certain extent because I've watched some of these videos from time like I think I told the story before on the show where I my son was watching the show where it was naming like these top ten most deadly monsters in, in existence of, of the world. And the things that it was showing were so fake. I mean, they were like Godzilla. I mean, actually, right. some of the images looked like Godzilla, straight out of Godzilla. But the graphics they were putting up, the guy who was narrating it, he sounded so smooth. And and um, sometimes, you know, I'm, a, I'm naturally a, uh, I get really uh, into, like, space stuff. So anytime there's, like, space stuff where they're talking about some undercover alien thing, you know, I start to get kind of jazzed, like, oh, wow, this is really exciting. And then I kind of like, wait a second, wait a second. But there is, it kind of like taps into, you almost get kind of like an adrenaline rush, like, what am I learning? I'm learning something secret that people don't know about. And I, so I kind of, and I've kind of felt that before when I've, when I've just kind of listened to these like alien conspiracy type shows. And then I got to just like step away, like, okay, come on, <laughs> right. turn it off. Back I, to reality. Yeah, right. get back to reality. Let's go. But I can, but I can see it because even, even, you know, I feel like I've got a pretty, halfway decent head on my shoulders and I can get fall victim to some of these videos so I can see how you know it could it could get anybody especially with kids yeah they're, they're the most vulnerable that's where victims you're... in a sense right because they can get exposed and they're just easily tricked I mean that's what's scary and it's just you have to kind of choose what to buy into and and if you're a young person you just don't know what makes sense and 
ugh, that ugh. yeah, the gatekeeper thing is a really interesting way to put it. It's like there was someone that was responsible. Like you, you didn't have access. You could go to the library and read whatever you wanted, but even then, the publisher was responsible. Right. So it wouldn't uh, get published if generally if it wasn't, you know checked through different you know right. sources i mean they used to burn books just for being controversial now i mean can't burn a website <laughs> you know what i mean or a reddit thread oh that's it's kind of scary i ooh. with that oh you know what we might as well turn to uh we joked about it between in the break so i'm going to go down that road anyway it's a trope for you but uh we're going to hit, you talk, we're still going on the law stuff. So. Sure. What's the craziest thing you've ever been involved with? <laughs> yeah. For, uh, you know. A lawyer. A lawyer. Right. And, and this is like, I, I kind of mentioned something that I'm asked pretty yeah. consistently. And for me, like craziness is, is different. You know, I, I deal with kind of craziness on a daily basis anyway. Um, but I guess... Two, I, I usually give two different examples of cases, and one of them, and usually it's the criminal cases, because because I handle in my practice, I handle criminal cases, and I also handle civil cases, meaning cases that somebody was hurt, uh, in which we're looking for uh, to be reimbursed monetarily, and I also defend people who are charged with crime. So, usually the people that are charged with crimes, or the types of stories of people that are char- charged with crimes are much sexier and much more, you know, people want to hear about them more than the recovery of damages for a injury to a person. Although sure. sad and uh, clearly the, that person deserves that, uh, but it's 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 usually the criminal type of cases. So I guess the uh, the uh, more cr- crazy type of criminal case that I've dealt with and I've dealt with many of them. I've been involved with probably uh, about I want to say seven different murder cases, um, either trying them or involved in some circumstance, most recently being involved with the the toilet bowl murder that is, uh, I guess, most recently in the news, which a colleague of mine or a friend of mine who actually handled the case and tried the case, um, it, but I was involved with questioning the uh, forensic pathologist in that case just because the defense team had asked me to uh, sit in with them uh, because I have experience dealing with forensic pathologists in cases involving um, murder, and uh, which gives, I guess, a segue to a, an interesting case of a case that I actually personally handled myself, which was a uh, a, a murder case that occurred in Ottawa, which was the uh, Robert Horman case. The Robert Horman case was a case in which um, a business owner of a car wash. Um, was murdered by his associate and uh, that case right right <laughs> that case was uh and this is stuff that is it, this it was brought out in court it's public knowledge that if you you technically could have sat in and heard what i'm about to talk about so it's not like i'm talking about um your friends over that's odd Heard the doorbell. Yeah, who yeah. would ring a flipping doorbell? Only, you... I only know one person who would. All right, pause. Pause. Sorry, everybody. We are we are back, and we completely interrupted Doug's story there, so I, I lost track of where we are. My mom rang the doorbell, so thanks, mom. 
Instead of just walking in like we do. Yeah, right? Why should you just walk in? Whatever. (laughs) Mother's worry. She was worried about something. I called her, and she couldn't... She couldn't get back in touch with me and because we were recording podcasts. So. Right. Oh, you can love's do? the best. <laughs> Did she bring food? Yeah. yeah. Right. No, no, Where's the snacks? No snacks. <laughs> she showed up empty-handed. Oh, okay. You opened the door. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Where were we? Talk with Janice. I, I... <laughs> Tell her we want popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A rub of meatloaf. Right. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so sorry, you were telling a story. Yeah, so getting back oh. to uh, Mr. Horman, yeah, he uh, was accused of and of murdering his business associate because he felt that he could take over the business and that was his best way and fastest way of achieving his lifelong goal of becoming a car wash owner. So him and his uh, crony, I guess you could say, uh, Jonathan Beckman, uh, went and went into the car wash where... Uh, Mr. Dowd, who was the victim in this case, was living. He was living inside of there. He had like a little, like an apartment set up or a a little area to sleep. And um, Mr. Horman and Mr. Beckman went in and uh, clubbed him to death. And then after they clubbed him to death, they wrapped his body in a tarp, put it in the back of a pickup truck, and took it to Mr. Horman's is the trailer i believe it was a trailer and burned the body and in, in dayton right so right yeah, down was the in, hill it was in dayton and i'm not that familiar i i did I, I generally go to crime scenes which i did go to that crime scene um and i just don't specifically remember where it was at but that's if, if that's what you recall it would have been the dayton area yeah so he uh he was the, the body was burned and some of the remains were thrown into the it was that fox river is that yep, what that's, that's right correct. there so they recovered some of the bones from the Fox River and some from the fire pit, but they were, uh, un- you couldn't tell. They did testing on them, but could not tell what, what type of remains they were. They couldn't even tell that they were human remains. So they sent them to a special lab in Virginia. And when I, send, and when I say them, I mean the, the prosecutors, the state's attorney's office, send them to a special lab, or the state police also involved with that, send them to a special lab in which they were tested, and it still kind of came back to where... Uh, they were inconclusive uh, evidence, but the co-defendant, Mr. Um, Beckman, testified against against Mr. Horman for uh, for a five-year deal. He took five years for a murder charge that he was involved with to testify against the co-defendant to be, essentially say that yeah, this guy's the guy who did it. I just helped him out uh, in disposing the body, so he took a five-year deal, which he, which really put him in, in in jail for about less than two years. So, oh wow! Wow! <laughs> right, that guy got off well. Jeez. And that was all to get a, a truck wash, essentially? Yeah, it didn't work out too well. No, I wouldn't it think so. didn't work out too well. I didn't fully think that one It's not through. the way to do it. There's no. better ways to do that. <laughs> Just work hard. Right. Yes. That's right. Just, that's the moral of the story. Wow. Wow. Well, and, and if I, that area, um, if I remember right, because I think my wife might have been involved, she might have written on some of it, or, you know, the, the newspapers, Um that like Dayton's like the little squirrely part, like as it would have been right on the Fox River. Is like essentially when you say Dayton, it's not really there ain't much. It's not much to speak of there, right? Right. So it's like you're either you're basically on the river. Like you you go down Dayton Road there, uh, which thirty first road for the county folks, and you just go down there, and then that's Dayton. I mean, there's just there's hardly anything to it. So, oh, 
man, like, and to burn a body, like, just in the open fire pit. Like. Yeah, it's, uh, and, and, and a burned body is something that smells, uh, I mean, I've been myself to different murder-suicide scenes. I've seen dead bodies and, and smelled uh, death, which is a very, and people say that they smell death and can understand that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very interesting smell, and it's yeah. a very, I can't imagine burning, the burning flesh Somebody would have uh, definitely smelled that. Well, that's this is. But they may not have known what they were smelling. I would imagine. Correct. And they've had ice damming down. Like if if I think I know, I'm not sure if what side of the river they were on or where they were, but I know I remember my wife talking about going down there to talk to um, people who had like flooding because that occasionally that river will will ice dam. And then it'll back up and it'll flood the people's houses that live down. And she had to like go just knock on doors and try to just talk to the people that were affected by flooding going back, I don't know, seven or eight years ago. And uh, it's some pretty, it's hillbillies, like just good old fashioned, (laughs) down and dirty. So yeah, we live in man. That's for sure. So so those people ain't going to call the cops. Like he was like, I smell something. And if they, they, they couldn't pin it down as a body burning, they were just like, I don't know, Billy's burning again, or Edward, or whatever the guy's name. Ugh, that's horrible. I mean, that, yeah, that's one thing, uh, I guess, that I talk about on the criminal side. And then on the more civil side, which is, like I said, the less sexy part of law. But just kind of an interesting case that has always stuck with me was one where a I represented the uh, family of the victim of a person who was injured on 80 by a semi. They, or they were, excuse me, they were killed by a person who drove a semi on Interstate 80. They were coming to a, uh, a a construction zone on 80. My client uh, was slowing down in his vehicle and had come to a stop where a semi behind them. It was proven that they were on their cell phone. They weren't paying attention. And the driver of the semi rear-ended my client and killed my client. And uh, so I represented the estate of that family, uh, myself and uh, some other lawyers, and we came to a settlement of that case on a, I want to say it was, we did a deposition on a Friday. And on that Monday, after we had come to an agreement, this, this had been, now since the accident, this has been about roughly almost two years later. But on that Friday, when we had come to the agreement and taken uh, the deposition of the driver of the semi who killed my client, that following Monday, the driver of the semi that was that it killed my client was at a four-way intersection and was crossing the intersection, and another semi driver blew a stop sign and killed that driver while he was in a semi. What? And it's such a it's such a uh, a lesson in karma to me. It's such a weird way wow. that that happens. Like that this person, you know, you know, killed somebody with their vehicle and were then essentially almost two two years later killed again in the same way by someone completely unrelated. Wow. Such a crazy story. You know, that is. I could imagine that would stick with right. You right. It's just such a weird thing. Yeah, that's I. I tr- that's why I try to make sure. Yeah, stay on the stay on the right side of karma. Just, well, just I, a good it, rule of thumb. It, you know, I travel on 80 now, so we, we, I drive to Ottawa every day. It's like, if there's ever stopped traffic on 80, I like, I just, if I come to my stop and then I immediately lock on the mirror, I turn the wheel to the right or left and I go, please stop, please stop, please stop, please stop, please stop, please <laughs> yeah. stop, please stop, please stop. Because you just pray that they do because you're not going anywhere. You just, all I try to do is position my vehicle. If I get popped, at least I'm going to go in the ditch and I'm not going to go immediately into the car in front of me because you just don't know. 
right? I mean, it, oh, I trust me, I know. I mean, and think about it in my perspective of just in my career in general, where I deal with people who are at fault and kill people like that, or rapists, murderers, drug dealers. I constantly have a different view of, of life than yeah. most people. So I understand that 100%. Yeah. This is what my assumption is that I, I, if, if, it's gonna, if they're going to plow into me, at least I'm going to try to put myself in the best position to be not sandwiched. Ugh. Because, hey, I, mean, I think there was a horrible accident on 80 today. There, yeah, there life, was. Right. Life, life really? flooded someone out of there, yeah. I don't know what happened, but I know uh, one of our guys drives, takes 80 like home real quick, and then comes back. We get a we had an hour for, for lunch and he was stuck on the highway. Well, you can read, read Kermarsic Law at kermarsiclaw.com or 815-667-7100 who represent families that are injured by people on 80. Good, good. <laughs> There's That's a funny. lot of truck traffic on 80, man, let me tell you. And those guys don't always look like they're paying attention. <laughs> There's a lot of good this, drivers, but are the state trust park, me. state parks protected anytime of these people fall and hurt themselves going off the trail? Protected you know, in what sense are you talking could about? Could they sue the park for not protecting them from falling off the well, cliff? Well, it's, it's, it's first off. of all very difficult to sue the government. I mean, you can... Showing negligence for, from you know against the government is a very difficult thing to do, but yeah. generally in those circumstances, no. There's a certain amount of liability you assume. Yeah, you, you assume get, the yeah. risk, especially yeah. when you go off of a trail. You definitely assume the risk of falling and dying. I mean, yeah. that's something. That, well, I'd hope so, but right. I just I always. I mean, sometimes I read those articles right. where something bad happens, right. and I'm thinking, oh, oh you God. read you read like the, the McDonald's coffee thing and think like, oh, if somebody could sue McDonald's because they got yeah. the coffee, why couldn't they sue them? Until you know yeah. the details, right? Of until the case. you <laughs> right understand really what happened there, right? Gotcha. And then you go ah. Yeah, like well, yeah, that we have right, those protections exactly, in place. Right, exactly, right, exactly. <laughs> We're not too litigious. Right. In some cases, we are, but right. in that case, not that, so much. Right, that's those are lobbyists pushing those things as well. So. Wow. Any so you uh, those are that's I didn't know you were doing murder stuff too. Yeah, that's wild. I do a lot of crazy stuff like that stuff. I mean, like I said, I mean, uh, drug delivery cases. Uh, I mean, I'm not trying to like say that. I mean, it's just what I. Deal well, with on an occasional, right? Right, and, I, and my, my, I'm also a, a trial attorney, which is a different. I think most people think like when they watch a, you know, they maybe their only uh, relationship to a lawyer is a show that they watch on TV, and they see like these lawyers that are in these big cases all the time on TV, which generally isn't true. Like a, a true trial attorney, which I am, is who I'm in the courtroom in front of juries actually presenting and trying cases this is a rare thing to find. Most attorneys around are transactional or they don't necessarily try cases. There are very few true trial attorneys in this area uh, who, are, who are good at their craft and good at what they do. It's like anything else. I mean, if you don't try cases on a, on a regular basis, and what I mean by try cases, I, I don't mean just take them and maybe try to work something out. I mean, take them in front of a jury, present them and come out with a verdict. I mean, that's something that is uh, attorneys that do that is who I have respect for myself, and and I think that other attorneys uh, feel the same way. Um, w did you start working for the state then? I actually started working for uh, uh, Tony Reculia. Okay, and, oh. and Tony Reculia was a mentor, a mentor of mine. I grew up with Tony. I grew up with his son, and some of your listeners may be familiar with Tony uh, when Steve Stout was on your yeah, program. That's who, who, uh, who Tony. Uh, was the prosecutor who prosecuted Chester Weger in that case. So I'm very familiar with that case. I uh, have actually looked at some of that uh, evidence involved with it. 
Uh, I've spoken with, to Tony many times of it about it. But but getting back to yeah, that's essentially where I started was with Tony, uh, and then from from there I moved into prosecuting cases to get experience in in front of court, in front of a, a jury, in front of uh, in front of people because. Uh, being a prosecutor, you might think like, oh yeah, this is, if you're a lawyer, you're making a bunch of money and all of that. I mean, being a prosecutor, a starting off prosecutor actually makes a round like a starting teacher makes, right? It's not like it's a, it's a job that you take on to make, to, to make a lot of money or do something to the, to that regard. Uh, so it's a, it's a beginning job, but I was luckily told to take that type of job first to be able to get the experience in, in trying yeah. cases and doing that type of stuff. So that's kind of how my career got started. So I prosecuted cases uh, for the state's attorney's office, um, and then not, and then I started my own practice roughly ten years ago from there. Wow. Okay, it's ten years. We're right. getting old. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. It's crazy. I mean, and your phone's always ringing. Do you have anybody else? practicing with you? Yeah, I have. I mean, I have assistants that help me out. I have assistants and investigators and different type of aspects that I do. Um, But as far as doing... uh, No partners. uh, I I, I take on no partners whatsoever. I deal with everything myself directly. Major medical malpractice cases and some major injury cases, I bring on other firms, other lawyers with me to assist them uh, just because they are... I the mean, resources you need to right. To the resources, right? I mean, even even if you just have a case, say for instance that somebody's injured, you you have to, or, or somebody that's hurt medical malpractice, for instance, somebody's uh, injured while they had surgery, you have to pay a doctor to review those cases and review the medical records for you. As a lawyer, I don't know that I can't look at medical records and be like, you know, wow, this clearly this doctor should have done this. I mean, right. after numerous years of practice, you can see that stuff, but you still have to have someone testify in court that experts. did that. So, right. So you have to pay these experts out. You pay them out. So you hire an expert doctor. You pay them maybe $5,000. And for instance, this accident that I was talking about, I'll give you an example. This accident I was talking about on 80 where my client was injured, we had to hire a an expert who was who could do wind speeds from behind a semi. This expert, it cost us $10,000, right? So what happens is we have to put out there of our own funds, $10,000 of our own money out there to this expert, hire them for their opinion. So that $10,000 is sitting out there while this case is pending. That's one expert in one aspect of this case. So you have this going over and over and over. So if you lose the case, the client is, I mean, generally the way that I write my contracts and the, the way that most lawyers write their contracts is that if you lose that case, myself as the attorney who put that money up is out that cash. You're out that money. But the reward is that if you do succeed in the case, you're generally taking a percentage of whatever the recovery may be. So in a case like that, you generally can understand that it's going to be a larger recovery type of case. So you can kind of take that risk. You you can take that risk, but you have to be pretty confident or be willing to think that you've got a good case. So you've got to have good people working with you and for you and uh, there's a lot of things involved with it. Wow. Was it a challenging case when you proved the identity of, uh, what was it? I can't remember the wrestler's name, the Dreamwave. Remember that? Oh, I remember, Do remember doing that? that. Yeah, it was like a, it was <laughs> a stunt with Jay, uh, Jay Repsol. And yeah. I, I kind of remember. Do you remember that, Clayton? Do you ever, like, Dreamwave? Yeah, I, I It's starting to ring a little bit of a bell. So, yeah, so, I, you know, big fan of Dreamwave wrestle, wrestling. You know, we've talked about them a lot. But there was, I remember that being at the, show and there was a video they played and they were at right, your office right yeah they i saw something that jay is bringing dreamwave back is well that- he brought one back yeah he did they did a kind of a reunion type show and they brought back all the old wrestlers that they used to have that was about uh, 
was a couple months ago. Um, it was right when we were kind of getting going again with mm-hmm. the podcast. And uh, I went to that, took took the kids. It was a blast. And uh, But I don't know if they're going to continue doing it. I hope right. they do. It's, Did it's he, he kind of sold the business, though, didn't no, he? No, they just kind of kind of stopped doing yeah. it. Oh, okay. I thought he kind of someone bought him well, or something. Well, I mean, I, I haven't talked to him. Pers- I, we should have him back on the show to talk about it because I, I think he kind of switched gears because he was doing the, the X-Files conventions. Oh, yeah, yeah. Started They're promoting just cons those. and stuff. Yeah, right. cons. Yeah, so... And he's back to hopefully back to wrestling because I think it's a fun thing for the area. Right. It's, yeah, people enjoy that. It's, it's not business, necessarily so. my thing, but I, I get yeah, it. But I, I had it. to bring it yeah. up because I remember that. I was like, there's Doug. He's up on the jitter. There's yeah, Doug right. Yeah, I remember that. So I'm like, hey. <laughs> I'm in. Sure, I'm in, right? That's why I'm here right now, right? It's shameless promotion, right? <laughs> you like to talk. That's how That's right. you get paid. Well, usually I get paid for it. You yeah. know, usually I get paid for talking. Yeah. <laughs> You'll benefit from this, trust uh, me. Right. <laughs> okay. no, I, I don't. I, honestly, I'm not here. I, I'm here because I like you guys, and I you know. We you appreciate know that. it. Awesome. Huh. Is there any of the local local topics we should hit on? Well, let's uh, let's hit on the one that we were we we were kind of talking about just in general with the um and, and I'm just curious to get Doug's take and um so we're we're gonna have to sort out a lot of legal uh the communities are gonna have to sort out how dispensaries are gonna work it within them. Right, sure. so we have you have zoning laws and and you made this isn't obviously your area of practice, but you probably at least tangentially kind of are aware of it. So like you have bars and you have businesses and you have um, the gambling casinos or the the little mini parlor gaming parlors and stuff like that. Yeah. So one of the one of the news stories that we that came up in the news in the last I last believe it was week? last week was um, entrepreneur. Uh, uh, I can't remember. I don't even think it's in that article. Uh, well. Th- What's his name? Peter Peter Limberger, who's starting the oh, cafe. Yeah. Who, who, he's he's opposing having a dispensary in downtown LaSalle. Right, because uh, previously For, earlier in the week, there there the LaSalle Council was talking about that they're talking about the entrepreneur came. I forget the guy's name who wants to start a dispensary downtown LaSalle oh, okay. on the east his, on the east end of town. Down by yeah, uh, docks. yeah, down by docks, and and uh, he he. They were talking about it, and their biggest concern was parking, because they're worried about because everything that's been going on in Ottawa, there's just tons and tons of people, long lines, parking's been a kind of a problem. Right. So they, I think they were talking about the logistics of doing this. Nothing was set in stone. Nobody had decided if they wanted to do it yet. And then a few days later, there was an article in the paper where the some of the business owners, including uh, Mr. Limberger, who's uh, putting a bunch of money, three million bucks, as he puts in the, his letter, uh, into a, a cafe microbrewery and, a, and some lofts on the same block so he wrote a letter saying you know he's opposed it he thinks it's a bad idea which his actually his letter isn't so bad I mean, he just basically says i think it's a bad idea uh you shouldn't do this and by the way i'm putting all this money into this block yeah. so you know it, I, I like, okay i see every, what you're saying there okay right. sure i think then, he has every right to say that yeah too. that's right that's fine that's right he's putting a lot of money in there if he doesn't like it he's sure that's his opinion but with the one of the things that was in there was other letters from other business owners who were opposing this and it was not for parking they were like this is this is a family friendly this is traditionally a family friendly area you know and i saw that and i'm just like it's across the street from doc's pub <laughs> what do you mean right I, uh, it's a seedy part of town yeah i mean i mean you can yes, spin it however you, you want can but... spin it however you want i know LaSalle downtown is beautiful but i mean come on it, it, it 
that's kind of making a judgment as to uh, is the type of people maybe they approve of and don't approve of because if you can have bars on one side of the street and you can't have dispensary on the other side of the street, I just found it comical right. that you know that they're throwing this out there, especially when LaSalle is doing everything they can to make it a t- making itself a tourist destination for the, the downtown. You know, and, and obviously from what everything they're putting in the papers about the Ottawa dispensary, it's like bringing people in from all over the place to the point where they're having these long lines. And by all accounts, they're very peaceful. So I just, when I read that, it, it's just, I just thought it was funny. It's like, what? It's amazing how the, the this, this uh, people's opinions it's are getting spun with, 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 in regards to the dispensary thing and being where they are in Ottawa, the, the reason there's parking issues is because there's four businesses sharing one parking lot. Oh, wow. You know what I mean? You have planet fitness or the 24 hour fitness. You have right. the Ottawa gymnastics place there, uh, or like a tumbling gym. You have a hair salon type place, like a, I, I believe. So there's, and then you have the dispensary. There's not enough parking there. I, I yeah. worked in that building. I worked at Anderson Pools briefly or for a little while when they were in that spot. It That was enough parking for them because they'd get three or four customers at a time. It's not for the 24 – it just doesn't work for that space. They park at the Ottawa uh, or the uh, old Bill Walsh Honda, and it's fine. It, that's yeah. the thing. And that's what's so funny. He's like worried about parking. Now, that's probably a legitimate concern. That's what I, I thought. Be- if they kept the story and these letters were like focused at this parking is a bad idea, I was like, that's a legitimate concern. If, but then they kind of like their, their, their letters were a little bit more like we don't like the we substance like, that they're selling. Right. Yeah. And, so, it's, and in my world, I'm like, well, I don't like the gaming parlors either. Yeah, that's right. just as bad as anything else you can think of. I don't like bars. So they're all the same. As I, far as I'm concerned, if you allow a bar, you should be able to, if you allow bars and gaming parlors, then well, we dispensary should be right there with it. Well, it's, it's a, all vice. It, it's clearly a social stigma. I right. Mean, there's no doubt and about it. And that'll go away. And I, I can tell you uh, professionally dealing with stuff, I would much rather myself see uh, the legalization of marijuana more than the legalization of alcohol. I mean, I, not that I, I have anything against either one of them, but if I see more damage done on a societal level from alcohol. So, I mean, it, it's a younger view. I think older viewers sure. were, you know, forced propaganda when you you know you have you have limited means you have to picture yourself you didn't have the internet again getting back to the internet you know 40 50 60 years ago to be able to research things and learn things for yourself you just had what was fed to you by your government which is which is what happened what's that that's what an old website where you could go and look up like substances and what they would do to you oh (laughs) never mind okay (laughs) go ahead (laughs) we're talking about old school internet yeah right no but so well it's for sure that's for sure i mean yeah i mean it's pretty fairly i don't think it's a conspiracy theory i mean you can you can go on and and there's pretty well documented though the the types of propaganda that was put out back right. in the 40s, but, but 40s and 50s and, and what uh, i'm getting at is, is 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 that if if you to this to what you were talking about is that if you i guess are okay with or can look over establishments that serve alcohol the fact that you have a problem with an establishment that may sell marijuana is kind of twisted in yeah. yeah yeah i find yeah well I it's, it's so. take and bake too it's not yeah. like you, you're right. not you, they're not going right. there and doing right. it and yeah it, it's it's, ve- it's very rare in my profession that i have a a a domestic violence charge or a a a, a charge that is resulted 
a charge that is violence related or that harmed another person physically that is directly associated with marijuana itself. Sure. And I can tell you a majority of them are alcohol related. Right. Yeah, and and what they and, and the problem also is again not to get get off topic again but is that they relate DUI like they say that there's so many you know marijuana users who are driving the problem is that they never had a way to separate people who were driving with alcohol and marijuana in their systems before. Right. Uh, so these numbers are all skewed. Yeah. Again, it's just something. Do you that, have to dig into it to understand right, the, right. the data? And well, that I was guess, so, the funniest thing is like one of the stories that was today is the DUI thing is like, well, we thought that they would see an uptick. Like if you would have believed the hype from the people that opposed legalization and, and whatnot, you would have assumed that we would just have it would be running rampant and the reality is it's the same people using it right. they're just using it legally and it's the same people that did it responsibly probably are the same people that aren't going out and driving right. on they just don't have a way to test it is right. the issue it's not that people and that was are all now going on before right. it was ever legal correct too. the same people who were driving high December 25th or December 30th are still driving high January 2nd right. or January 3rd I, I just uh, I find it's not very forward thinking I mean it's like in as all these places pop up, which they will be in the next few years, the parking and all of it will that'll all go away because it's just going to get spread out. Right. So the idea of this business Short potential term. being downtown, it'll be literally just people walking in, walking well, out. Well, if the, you look at the way things are going in general, too, I mean, with drones and delivery services, true. I mean, I, I don't want to start getting futuristic here, but I mean, in 10 years, we delivery by a drone is not really that right. off. So, you know, <laughs> they'll <laughs> drop it in your right. drops. Right. You don't need to have, you don't <laughs> need to have the store that, that flashes, you know, weed sold here. That's not, you know. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it, that's actually a really good point, too. I mean, they'll, they'll be. Uh, it's, it, right. Hey, why would you even need to go to the store? The idea of actually driving there to get it is insane. You just have them send it to your house. Right. You're going to be telling you, like the milkman, like, you know, you tell, you know, you hear grandma, the milkman used to, you know, put the milk on my stuff. They're going to, you used to drive to the weed store to get your weed? Like, <laughs> they deliver that stuff by drone now. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it, it's the same. You'll buy it at the same place. Maybe it'll be right next to your liquor place where you go buy your craft beer. I mean, it's the stigma of it is slow, slowly going to be lifted too. And, and, and actually, and I don't, I wouldn't anticipate the number of users going up more than it are you know has anyway either it's like the same thing with alcohol like I don't, I don't i hope it doesn't become pervasive i hope it's not the majority of the population is using yeah. it i hopefully it balances out i'd actually like i i would actually kind of like to see the less alcohol consumption because of harm reduction like that it would be less harmful for society if people stopped drinking as much there's no doubt about that and 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 you just sort of had this balancing act where people sort of came just to this, you know, every people love being altered, and this is another way to do it. That's the same reason why nicotine is popular, why THC and why alcohol. It's like there's just people like to get altered. It's, it's but it's do it safely and do it in, in responsibly, and, and 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 that the way they they do the zoning and all this stuff is going to be really curious because how much of the stigma is going to play into it, and how do the, how well do our local governments work when trying to see and sift through. The garbage stuff where that where there is no good facts or science behind it, right. where it's oh we're worried about this when there's really no ground to stand on for it. And so far, actually, they've done a really good job of sort of deciphering what makes sense and what doesn't. And and I I understand the stigma that's associated with it, but when you're talking the East End of LaSalle, they need all the business they can get. Those are the areas that this should help. So to to try to I mean. He's putting in the money behind his business, so I don't blame him in that way. He doesn't want to share a block with him. By all means, speak up if you need to. <clears throat> yeah, I can't. Opinion. You got the money. 
if you're going to pump it into that block, you can say whatever the hell you want. I don't care. Yeah, right. But do you can't if they're going to someone across the street or down the street is going to open a dispensary, you won't even notice it in five years. I yeah, think is exactly. kind of our general thought. And, Just and like you don't notice it on that same within a two square block area. I think there's like four bars. Right, you know, mm-hmm. on that that same location. Right. There's more restrictions on it too, as opposed to where you know people were, were worried about it be becoming the new gambling place where you would see the flashing sevens and the lucky, you know, flashing neon lights. Like that stuff doesn't exist with dispensaries. So at least they've tried to attempt to curb that too. So, yeah, yeah. Try to you're keep not gonna the, have the atmosphere clean. Two of them on each block, like you do. With yeah. Them. What's funny is I, I was in Oklahoma uh, this fall for work and. You would have thought that weed was just legal everywhere, and it's not. But it's all medical. But it's apparently like California first was, where you just go and right. say, "Hey, doc, I get a migraine. Right. I fell off my bike. I have PTSD. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. It's crazy. I can't look at bikes anymore." Right. <laughs> and you just there's every, some weed for you. Yeah, pick everybody and their brother has a thing, and it's just like these green neon lights everywhere. And I was staying in some podunk. I mean, down and dirty old school like just country towns and man like i stayed right i was in a brand new hotel in a teeny tiny town like a couple thousand people and there was a dispensary right next to it it had the biggest booming bright neon <laughs> oh, lights really? like you would not believe oh, wow. cannabis leaves everywhere and i was like what is this place and it was like oh it's medical marijuana it was like not even but it's because they make it so easy to get your medical card that they were just everywhere and that I don't necessarily want to see. Just like I wouldn't want to see, like the the Budweiser signs pouring out of every little, or you know what I mean. Like yeah. that, that's more pervasive now too. But like, it's just kind of funny the way that works. It's like that. It just how, how and I'm guessing that that's not how they're going to allow the dispensaries to be. In yeah, the there's side. limitations specifically on right. that. I mean, everybody knows what it is. You don't need to put the stuff out there for everybody and their brother to see, but. I don't know. I I don't think we'll have any trouble explaining it to our kids. That's how I try to think of these things. I don't know where you guys stand on that. It's like just kind of a real basic thing. Like yeah, kind of like the same thing with alcohol. It's like oh, it's something some adults do, and right if it's done responsibly. Right. Well, I'd I'd rather you waited until you were an adult to make those decisions to do it. Please, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. It's the same thing with so. with alcohol too. It's like it's not no different than that. Well, that was that. We yeah, we were. I was itching to talk about that one just because it was like I read that and I was just like, in hi- yeah. I would have loved no. to throw uh, Peter Lindberger under the bus and been like, you know what? I screw that guy. But in hindsight, it's like, yeah, you know what? He's chucking up all this money. He can say whatever the hell he yeah, wants. Yeah, right, right, right. He can say whatever he wants. If you if you want to pump three million dollars into my downtown, that's right. You can say whatever you want. That's right. <laughs> I. Uh, the only other local, I had a bunch of local topics that jumped out at me. The the only one that I was kind of, I was happy to see that this is. I mean, it almost feels like it's a little little late, but uh, that Grand Bear with their new ownership, they're going to allow locals to go swim there. So that's nice for the Illinois Valley, yeah, Starve Rock area. If you, because I know that because ever since that place existed, you know, I thought it'd be fun to take my kids there and like no you got to stay overnight and spend over two hundred dollars for to sleep here and then you can use our our pool uh, but now they're apparently they're changing well, their, they're, to have some some afternoon they're gonna have pop-up pa- yeah they're gonna have pop-up dates for locals and they're gonna so That's they're gonna awesome. have a little bit more family friendly priced uh dining experience so uh the new owners 
sounds like they're uh, taking the. They're looking. They said they're li- listening to social media. So that well, these that. apparently these new owners, the Sean and Shine Group or whatever the name of them is, like a multi-global, multi-continent company who has these properties listed all over, and apparently this is like their first dive into the United States market as far as like resorts yeah um but they they run law firms they have they have a like one of the top law firms the shine and shine has a or I, I, how you pronounce it but ha, they also run a law firm in chicago and they're multi like i said multinational and it sounds like they uh are very interested in dumping some cash into that so that's great again right. They could say whatever they want. Right. Yeah. Ha- right. Who knows? If they don't want a dispensary near them, fine. Grand Bear Lodge and Dispensary? Yeah. Right. Be perfect. No, no I, I, I was happy to hear it because, you know, I've never stayed there. I've never, you know, but gone there and used like the mini golf and gone to that uh, amusement park area. And it just could see it. There were so many. There's such a good opportunity. I always felt like they were kind of missing the boat in some way. Right. Uh, yeah, so they do, priced yeah, themselves right. out of they the area. Right. Yeah, so and I do hope these new guys... It's yeah. a balancing act of you know wanting to have the, I don't know, the day tourist or the local traveler, I guess. I don't know how you put it, but versus the guest. Yeah. You know, the, the high dollar, the high ticket. Oh, right. I mean, I customer. go, we'll, I'll take the family up. To, we'll go up to Wisconsin Dells, stay at the Kalahari. It's a right. beautiful place. You don't have to step outside. But they also have... They have let the locals, they do day passes and come in whenever they want. And it doesn't seem to be affect the experience for me coming from Illinois, traveling there, paying money. It's not a big deal at well, all. Well, you, so. you can't see the difference. No, you don't know. Right. Yeah. So I think it's good. Mm-hmm. I, I was just happy to see that. So well done, Grand Bear. New name, too. I think it's Grand Bear at Starve Rock. That's their, yeah, their that, that was the news story. So, Yeah. I'm trying to think if there's any other local things that jumped out at me. Is there anything, uh, you guys, we don't have to cover that stuff. I just threw together I think we're stuff. good, man. I, I got nothing else. Thing of the week. Non-anything. We guys got anything you're interested in? We always got to do our, that's our new segment. The, the Oscars were this weekend, this past weekend, so. And podcasts, TV, Once movies. Upon a Time in Hollywood. At that, and you guys they did see, good. I haven't seen it. Uh, I saw it's fantastic. Brad Pitt got an There's award. There's a good so. uh, rewatchables podcast where they they did a live show from the. Uh, can't think of it, but the Rewatchables podcast had one on Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It's awesome. Cool. Uh, I, ch- I recommend the movie if you like Tarantino movies. I know you said earlier you're not a movie guy. I don't think you said that a on the bit. mic, but yeah, a bit. but that's a worth your time. Um, Are you talking about Oscar stuff specifically? Yeah. You know, well, just that movie specifically. So there's a podcast called Rewatchables, and they did one on the movie Once Upon a Time, uh, Once oh, okay. Upon a Time in Hollywood, which is a Tarantino movie. Moment um, are uh, really yeah. good. Thing of the week segment is our, our new segment. Oh, we're just whatever. Anything. It could be anything. Podcast you're up you're into right now. Pop culture. Maybe a, um, maybe a music binge. books. You know, books. Yeah. Here's what I can tell you about books and and uh, things that I'm into specifically. I would say podcast. I'm a big fan of uh, uh, of your podcast, of course. Oh, well, I mean, thank you. Of course. That. Yeah. That's a thing. Uh, I'm a, a a Joe Rogan listener. I, I like yeah. Joe Rogan. I mean, I don't agree with everything that he necessarily has to say, but I always like to see the crazy people that. He yeah, has right. Well, I just love the fact that he, he's willing to listen and he questions them appropriately. Right. right. And, and he doesn't and, judge too harshly. So I'm I'm a fan of that. Um, it's kind of an ode to Coast to Coast. Did you ever listen to that back in the day? Coast no, to Coast I never Radio, Coast to, to Coast AM, late night radio. 
Uh, go ahead. Uh, I never listened to that, but uh, even uh, like Hard Rock Radio Network, another local podcast. I'm not. Yeah. That's not my type of music. But again, I appreciate what they're you know what yeah, they're trying yeah. to do. Same as you guys. Uh, audiobooks is or books in general. Uh, the Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that, but that's like one book that I always try to tell people to really pay attention to. Like that's something that I feel has really f- changed the way that I view the world and view people and talk about it. Uh, and Don Miguel Ruiz is not paying me for this plug, by the way. Yeah. But it's something that I feel that is that is, a fiction, nonfiction? No, it's a. I, I guess you would call it a uh, self motivation type book Ooh, okay. of the Four Agreements type of thing. Cool. Uh, but that's one thing that I do. That I I really think that is something that has had a profound effect on the way that I view and think things. It's something that I first read in paperback, uh, and now I listen to an audiobook. I, I probably listen to it. You know, I don't know, twenty or thirty times. Wow. After, okay. after, just because you, I like that kind of you stuff. You can't just yeah. listen to something like that once and expect to understand it. Cool. But yeah, that's uh, Don Miguel Ruiz. Yeah, the four, four agreements. The four agreements. Yeah, okay. it's super popular. Like if you search it, you'll find it. You'll know yeah. what it's about. Okay. Uh, and I think that probably your listeners uh, will know what I'm talking. I mean, okay. there, there'll be a good some, amount some of people, have people who have heard of that, right? Reddit. Listen yeah, to it's it. not something that's like an underground thing that I'm introducing. But. Okay. For sure. Nice. Good recommendation, cool. man. So yeah, I, I said the uh, the rewatchables for for uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I had a couple other. Uh, there's, I think I brought it up last time. Daniel Sloss, like the comedian, his Netflix comedy special, like it's an older one, was really Daniels, good. Who is that? He's Scottish. Um, he has a HBO comedy special that came out in late 2019, um, and then he has a Netflix uh, like a two part thing. Um, that's excellent. Just excellent. Just, uh, I really enjoyed it. Just kind of little perspective kind of thing. Right. Little, you know, makes it, it a yeah. little, makes right. you feel, it makes you a little uncomfortable. <laughs> um, but I, and I enjoy that kind of stuff. He, he kind of rubs your face. Are you a Netflix a person? Yeah. Have you seen the document, the docu- the, uh, the documentary, Don't Fuck With Cats? Not yet. No, no. no I've it, what's, what's that about? I've it, seen it on there, and I've just kind of wondered what it is. It's a super crazy. If you're into like true crime or things like that, you definitely need to see I, that. My, okay. my wife needs to watch it. I don't. I try to steer away from true crime because <laughs> I just don't like going down rabbit holes. Yeah, I mean, this is one that you, if you watch it, you'll just be like... You know, we're watching Big Millions right now. That's the, another that HBO one. one about the uh, Monopoly uh, McDonald's Monopoly. Uh, oh yeah, the, right. The scandal on right. That. There's some lawyer. It's about. A, I think the lawyer is yeah. heavily. I mean, of course, they're always yeah, heavily so, involved with it. But, right. but that that's so that's another crime ish. But I, I'll have to. I'll ask my wife if if she wants to get down cool. with that one. If you recommend it, I check it out. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty wild from what I hear. It is. It's a, a very interesting. Well, the only ones I got, and I haven't actually listened to it yet, but I thought it was appropriate to bring it up because I brought it up before the American Elections Wicked Game, which is one of my favorite podcasts. It's I've talked about the past couple shows where he does a show. Each show is starts from the beginning, every election, and he gives the biography and it's a history of of the guys involved with the election and all the backstory Stone and all the backstabbing and everything that went on. And he goes all he's going all the way to the 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 2020 elect you know election and uh, but I thought I wanted to bring it up even though I haven't listened to it yet because I'm not caught up is this week he did the Lincoln Douglas uh, oh, election right. so that's a an there's a cool one. statue or not yeah know. right yeah, <laughs> yeah. so there was a, a mural one. they might have painted over it too there they were talking no. about painting over no it's still over. there oh, okay. right it's right there where the right uh, by the park yeah I think when um, actually Peter Limber I think they're they're working on uh, 
building out some of that area for more business development. Maybe I think they actually might be getting rid of it. That's what, that. right. Yeah, oh. it may there still. Some, maybe yeah. it is gone by now, but I think it's still there. The only other one, something I am actually into, I have listened to or watched it, is, is YouTube. As I, 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 I watch a lot of Netflix too, but these days it seems like I, I lay down and, and the, the amount of time I have to watch something, sometimes it's just like I feel like watching a 10-minute video right. and conking out. Right. And I found this, this channel, and there's more than one of them, uh, but the, the one that I started with is called Primitive Builders. And there's a, like I said, there's a, as soon as you watch one, you'll start to get a feed filled with all the other ones that are just like it. Oh, sure. But it's these guy, two guys who they, they dress like they've just walked out of the jungle uh, and they have a spear. It looks like a spear. Oh, a I've long seen stick these spear, videos. And they just, and it, it, they go and kind of, they speed up the video so it goes quick and they'll just walk up uh, to a plot of dirt and they'll dig out of dirt this unbelievable fortress or whatever it is. I mean, they do a variety of different Like in different things. countries they're doing this in? I don't know where they're at. And I tried to try to find some bio like information. Loincloths and shit? They're not in loincloths. They're just wearing shorts, you know, and that's about it. But barefoot, shorts, they got a spear. And like one I watched was a 10-minute video where they just started digging into the ground and they cut out an underground house with a, with a pool inside of it and like an underground water tunnel and with ornate decorations and and there was another one where they built like this structure with another pool with with underground pathways and the pool had a the building had a slide and it was covered in it they it's really like i don't know how long the videos actually are like it's like a 10 to 20 minute video it probably took the guys two days to build these things but it's and all they have is a spear and it's just and they'll sometimes like when it, they'll show them fill up the pool. They'll, they're so when walking. are you gonna build yours? No, <laughs> right, I just, right. I, it makes me feel lazy when I watch these <laughs> yeah, videos. Is what it true. makes me feel. Right. But I don't know. There's something about them. I'm just like, how the hell are they doing this? Yeah, I just that's, so that was my thing of the week. Nice. And then uh, yeah, that's about it. Oh and, oh, you know, and I had to bring this up. I'm not really watching it, but I just stumbled across it. Did you know that there's a? It's a thing called WCT. It's what is it called? It's World Chase. Tag. There's competitive tag. That doesn't surprise tag. me. There's a movie. Is this is like, a Japanese thing because that no, seems like it's. This is not just like play, think of playground, you play tag with other kids. That's what this is. They set up like an arena, like the size of maybe the room we're in, which is, I mean, I don't know what the size. I mean, it's not as big. I don't know how big it is, maybe a 20 by 40 you know, feet room uh, where they have some poles and just platforms. And there's all sorts of obstructions, and the guys start on each corner, and they have to play tag, and it's a competition. It's like a tournament, and it's like videos for that too. It's it's. it's I was just surprised to even stumble across it because it looked like this. Re, it looked like ESPN quality right. video. Get sucked into it. it, on the, like, is it on what if I've been watching for three what, hours? Yeah, is, it on the, is it on the Ocho? <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Oh, I was just like, what is this? Right. I just I can't believe this is real. <laughs> Competitive tag. Huh? So that's all I got. All right. Good stuff, John. I think we're wrapping it up, Doug. Yeah. I think this was fun. I hey, think we need to come back. I had fun. I, I would feel like we have absolutely fully tapped. I actually feel like I, I agree. Like I, we've kind of touched the surface on some stuff, and uh, I'd be more than happy to come back for sure. Awesome. Thanks. Awesome. Yeah. Well, before we go, please plug the heck out of uh, 
out of the website. And, yeah, uh, I mean, I'll, you know, I'll plug a few things. I'll plug, first of all, obviously my, my law firm, uh, Kramarsic Law. We handle personal injury and we handle criminal offense. Uh, give us a call if you have questions about whatever, 815-667-7100. I'll also plug a couple other things that I'm involved with. I serve as president of the Lighted Way Association in LaSalle. Uh, the Lighted Way Association in LaSalle is a an association that uh, we serve. Uh, it's a school that serves children under the age of 20 with severe mental and physical uh, disabilities. Um, and we have a lot of exciting things going on there. We're, uh, we've just renovated the entire building. We have raised some property we're going to be building on, adding on to that. Uh, we're looking forward and excited to that. I also serve uh, as president of the Oglesby Public School System. Uh, we're uh, super excited about what we have going on there. We are uh, in the process of implementing a bunch of new programs. Uh, one, our uh, educational system is one of the best in the area, so I'm super excited about that as well. Um, so yeah, those are my first plugs. Uh, I guess my last, my last plugs that I have. Nice. And it's in the website for your law firm. Uh, Kramarsiklaw.com uh, is uh, where to check it out. But yeah, certainly. Awesome. Check us out. That's perfect. And thanks. And uh, once again, Star Rock Coffee. Check them out. You're not going to find a, a better cup of coffee, especially locally made. You, you won't believe not. it when you drink it. Check it out. And uh, yeah, thanks everybody. Thank you. That's Thank you. it. Sounds good. Adios. Yeah. Adios. over that's odd i heard the doorbell yeah who yeah a flipping doorbell only, you... i'd only know one person who would <laughs> all right pause pause